Welcome to Recommissioned, a bi-weekly podcast where we go back to watch Battlestar Galactica. Each week, I'm joined by my good pal Matt, who has only seen the episodes up to the one we're covering. Now, I've seen them all. And this week, we're talking about Season 2, Episodes 19 and 20, Lay Down Your Burdens, Part 1 and Part 2. Pay attention. You're about to win the election. I'm sorry, what were you saying, Tom? We needed an issue. Something to set us apart from Rosalind. Something to put her clearly on the wrong side of a major issue that people care passionately about. This is it. <laughs> Permanent settlement on this planet. Have you lost your marbles? It may look dreary, it may be dreary, but it's solid ground under your feet and real sky over your head. You'd be surprised what a powerful idea that is to people cooped up in metal boxes for nine months. You should listen to him, guys. Matthew Anderson, it's time to talk about Lay Down Your Burdens, part one and part two. I'll have you know that I've been waiting a long time for you to get to this particular moment in the series. Oh, man. Um, I've been waiting a long time for you to say, oh, that's why you said guys both are so interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here we are, man. Pretty crazy. So what we're going to do, man, is we're going to work our way through this. This is going to be a two-part podcast. We're going to do Lay Down Your Burdens Part 1, and we're going to do Lay Down Your Burdens Part 2. We're going to go through it sequentially. In between episodes, we'll drop like a little uh, quote or something um, in between the episodes, probably not on the live show, but in between episodes, we'll pop a little quote in there from the second episode, since we use a quote from the first episode at the start of this, and uh, that'll be your little transition point, and I'll probably put it in the show notes, so if you ever want to go back and just listen to part two, you can know where to find it by scrubbing forward, because I was looking at our other one we did, the two-parter we did, which was what? Pegasus, the Pegasus ship. Resistance? Uh, yeah. Resurrection ship. Resurrection Yeah. And I was like, I can't find the second app. I don't know where it is. Like I, So it might be helpful in the future just to label them as such if we're going to do them that way going forward. But housekeeping aside, let's talk about interesting and fun things. Let's get crazy, baby. So, oh, my God. Lay down your burdens, one, just to remind you, because, you know, we're kind of watching both of these, is the one that opens with the, the chief kind of doing his thing. And it ends with the explosions and the attack on the SAR team, Kara's SAR team on New Caprica. Uh, excuse me, on Cylon Occupied Caprica. So that's where yes. we're going to start and end this particular group. So obviously, because it's a two-parter, we'll probably reference the second one at times, but we'll try our best to not get crazy. But who knows? When we get talking, crazy shit happens. We shall see. Oh, my God. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> there is a lot to talk about. Um, some previously on stuff uh, that didn't make a lot of sense, did it? Yeah. Holy, really dip. You know it's going to be a consequential episode when they dip way back in, in the uh, previously on. They're like, remember this shit? We got to remember this. It's been a while. And you're like, oh, boy. Well, I'll tell you oh what I don't boy. remember. And we just watched it. I'm leaving Galactica, not you. Did Lee ever say that to Duwala? I don't remember. I don't to be think honest. exactly right. I don't either. I watched it, and since we're kind of watching this rather quickly from the last time we saw them together with all the Galactica, the Pegasus stuff, I was like, "Is that was that was that spoken?" 
Did, did he say that? I don't think he did, but whatever. Um, but yeah, sometimes those are a little confusing because, but yeah, when they reach way back, you know they're setting you up for some good stuff, man. Oh, yeah. We're finally, we're finally going to answer this shit. You ready? Boy. Good God. Let me pull up oh. my notes here, man. We got some notes. Um, dude. Oh, so, so much. There's a lot. First of all, I love this guitar that they've decided to paint the picture with. It's very much a chorus pedal, <laughs> chorus effect, lonely sounding guitar. And this, um, this to me is Top Gun sitting in a bar, '80s style, drinking whiskey alone, guitar music. There you go. It's uh, I I have it so associated with BSG. I can't see it any other way. It's weird, man. Like it's it's of the show to me, of the of the of the genre. We are establishing some pretty high stakes right up front. This is very, um, they're setting us up a lot here. They're giving us a lot of stakes that are going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be, <laughs> they could have major consequences going forward, which of course we know they will. <laughs> but um, uh, some quick bullets here to get through this intro. We have the presidency, Roslyn's concerns, the mission to Caprica, which is looking at 20% casualties, which is high. Yeah. Um, straight up, you know, she tells the crew, you can, this is volunteer only. You guys can dip out of this mission. Yeah, she does. And no one's going to do that, right? Right. Of course. But the ready room looked kind of jazzed up. I was like, well, they got a little extra money here. Like the tables they were sitting at looked a little better. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that too. I was like, oh, did we go, we, you know, really cut the change here for the the final finale. Yeah. I was like, are they on the Pegasus? Like, where are they? But, um, No. Volunteer only, as you said, we get that set up. We see Rosalind doing her ritualistic ripping of her index cards. Um, the chiefs sleeping on the deck, five o'clock shadow, looking disheveled. We have Baltar considering the public humiliation in, in six, assuring him that he must have faith and he's concerned with being humiliated and kind of feeling like he was duped into this you know, all the same, right? It's it's like that thing you get you kind of get pushed into something you weren't really sure about doing and then the anxiety kicks in and you're like man I'm going to make a fool out of myself. This is a mistake that I'm working at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a perfect little juxtaposition because Rosalind, you know, the scene with Rosalind and Adama here at the very beginning, you know, obviously she's got some nervousness, but you can tell by the way they end up, you know, laughing and assuring one another that she thinks she's got it. She thinks, you know, this is. I'm a little nerve wracked. I'm still gonna have to go out there and prove myself and, and make the case. Uh, but you know, feeling like she's got it in the bag. Whereas fucking uh, Gaius is just doom and gloom. Yeah, yeah, because he feels out of his element. Right, and he is in truth. Right. So we move over to Rosalind and Bill having a nice moment ripping the index cards. This is a great character moment between these two. It really is, yeah. I yep. liked it a lot. It's awesome. And, uh, you know, she's, she gets the giggles. She talks about ripping the index cards. Adama says that his father broke pencils. The preconceived notions thing, I think, is what he was saying. Did he say something like that? Yeah, that, you know, break these preconceived notions and work with what you've got. Because he would go into the courts and then ask for a pencil from, like, the bailiff. Yeah, exactly. She's like, well, what if I go out there and, you know, I ask for a pencil from the moderator and he doesn't have one? Well, you're pretty much screwed. (laughs) You're pretty screwed. And then she, of course, giggles at this. We'll learn about her giggles prior to debating in high school, high school debate team, of course. And, um, yeah. Got to say it. Hot hot MILF giggles. Got to give it to her. 
<laughs> we learn about a new plan, right? A boomer plan that allows the strike team to go longer. So this is interesting. I liken this to astromech droids in Star Wars, <laughs> which is like, you know, all the X-Wings have astromech droids so they can, you know, hook up to the Nava computer and help you navigate hyperspace. It reminded me of that. They're going to just hook up their boomer R2 unit to their, uh, to their, to their Raptor. So they can do a little stab bit. stab our matrix needle in the back of her head. And yeah. Right. Maps to all of you. A little, uh, a little, uh, yeah, exactly. But um, a little deep strike action, I guess, is what they're doing. Right. So uh, they this is, this wheel is her in. Right. And people, of course, are standing up like, whoa, shit, the Cylon, the Cylon's in here. And I like this moment from Kara where she steps right up immediately. She's like, He's, she is here to help us. We need her. And that's, that's that. She's the, you know, coming along to do us a solid, basically. Everybody, does he have a problem with that? That dude in the black fatigues with a bald head, he was like, oh, man, I've wanted uh, to beat up a chick illegally for so long. <laughs> Give me a crack at her. She's so pretty. She'd never want me. Let me just beat her face in. That's what he looks <laughs> like all, to me, one of those dudes. <laughs> take out years of rejection on this. If I can't ever, nobody can. <laughs> That's what he looked like to me, a little, little eager to step on her neck. But um, <laughs> right. I guess it kind of makes sense, all things considered, based on what they, what little they actually know. But uh, yeah, you're right. Kara has been a recently. I mean, she's been a second half of season two boomer apologist, sort of, right? You would say a little bit, yeah, yeah. She's slowly come around on, it. and I, I believe that slow arc. I mean, over time, this this very boomer that she's looking at and defending here is the one that pretty undeniably got you know got them out of there, helped them out over and over and over, and yep. has been you know pretty indispensable to her. Sure, for sure. And uh, I like this stuff with, <laughs> with uh, we go over to six reassuring guys that God's plan, of course, will come to fruition. Get your act together, Gaius. She's uh, sickly sweet and utterly savage, this, this one. She dances between the two, doesn't she? Boy, she's really, I feel like she's leaning into the savage pretty hard here. Oh. When she slams his head down, she's like, get it together. And that's, of course, right when Zarek walks in. Yeah, yeah. Just take a little nap. <clears throat> but um, Commander Leodama kind of rolls in. He's got presence now. And Commander on deck, says Hilo. Everyone hops to attention. He promises not to take up much of their time, Matthew. What do you think's going on in uh, old... Uh, old Lee Adama's head, old Commander Adama's head at this moment. Mm. I I get the slight feeling that he is not fully behind this mission as far as like thinking, mm, maybe this is not a risk we should be taking, but I don't feel like he's got it in him to, to tell Kara otherwise because it is her mission. She wrote it. She's, you know, the entire planning is, is hers. Yeah. Um, and, and when you step back and look at it, it is a pretty – good mission in the sense of we're going to get these people out of here for all you know for all Kara knows that this is still a pretty large fighting force of like a hundred people back on Caprica and we now have the means to go get them so why wouldn't we uh but I could totally see from a commander's perspective too of like it's a lot of resources to go back and just grab some people that we don't you know technically need like we're we're okay it's not like they have some you know supply or resource that it's like there's completely dependent on retrieving yeah, on the one hand, we've seen um, th- these people, and, and this is a bit of a military thing in general. You know, a lot of times, especially in film, it appears that that people in the military are simply making numbers decisions about, okay, we're not going to sacrifice X unless we're getting X back. 
But I think the more truthful matter is that the the lower you go down on the chain of command, the more you're going to find five guys willing to go back for one than you are a right. hundred willing to go out for a thousand kind of thing, depending on how high up the chain of command you go, right? It's kind of an interesting prospect because Adamo was willing to jeopardize the entire fleet to rescue Kara, and here we are. And now, now Kara's part of the family. She's made her bones there. She has proven her worth. She is a decorated pilot uh, despite her behavioral issues. Right. This is a weird one. They're going after... We know, we know Kara's stake in this game. It's Anders, right? Absolutely. But I wonder how this cell worked. I wonder, uh, it, you know, we have people on Caprica. Is it, is it, they must believe, based on the amount of rappers they took, that they have enough people to make it worth going. Because they right. send a lot of fucking raptors back. A lot. Like 17. Yeah, I was thinking it was like 20, 21. I mean, that's a that huge team. That's a massive force. 17 yeah. raptors, dude. God damn. It's a lot. It's the most we've seen them send out as far as raptors go. Yeah, it's an interesting use of military resources to to get back what appears to be like not many people. Now, I understand the constraints of TV budgeting, but it, it seems like not a lot because we, we really focus on the intimate group of the characters that we know, Anders and, you know, the three or four people that we know have names basically right <laughs> we don't see what the other 15 rappers are doing and what they're loading on and who they're rescuing but that's that's it's it's one of those there's not much to knock on later town your burdens one and two if i had one curia a question mark i'd say it would be on that right. particular mission and the logistics of the risk not the execution i love that i love the idea of how they're going to buzz into the atmosphere i love the idea of how they're going to get there but I've always been curious about the the actual risk versus reward. Right, right. Which it seems like it probably was just a Starbuck hard sell on this. Whip up the morale, whip up the troops, push forward, got to get our own. There's something to be said for rescuing a bunch of people too, I guess, just in terms of what it does to your humanity. <laughs> right, right. And also, you know, I'm sure she probably laid the case of like, these are the, you know, these are our last people on Caprica who've been fighting hard, you know, to, to push back right. against the Cylons there. Come on, don't we owe them at least a, a rescue re- attempt? Right, right. So it's a, you're appealing to the right group of people when you appeal right. to the military with, when, when that's your heartstring, right? Exactly, exactly. They need some reprieve. <laughs> Elzar in the chat, Baltar didn't complain because he was hoping they'd bring back some fresh meat. <laughs> and I think they did. Chicks? <laughs> by, by uh, yeah, uh-huh. by episode two here. Yowza. By the end of episode two, guys, there's a little play thing. Yowza. Yo, yo, yo. Rank has his privileges. Oh, hey, it's good to be king. My glasses are all fogged up. My bow tie is spinning. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) One part of my shirt is untucked on my button up. (laughs) (laughs) My pockets flopped out. I got lipstick all over my face. (laughs) It's like the most ridiculous Disney (laughs) shit. I'd buy that for a dollar. (laughs) <laughs> it's so silly. <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, uh, Commander uh, tells them he's going to, uh, he tells them two things. Number one, he says, you know, you're part of history just on the attempt alone. And if you come back, uh, you're going to be making part of the future. So it seems like a pretty big deal. I guess when population's low, if you figure you can, what, 17 raptors, what, do you, what can you fit? Six to 10 people per raptor minus your strike team. So I don't know, what are they... Looking at getting it back, 50-some-odd people, I would guess. It's got to make Something it like kind of worth it. 
Right, at least. But anyway, Lee promises also to build them a bar, and that's when we transition to them listening to the election coverage. The first debate of two presidential debates. This stuff I like. I like the way this is interspersed, and it makes its way into different scenes and different POVs. Right. It's very right. I also think, like, pacing-wise and writing-wise, I thought it was a really interesting and cool choice to not see any of the first debate. Like, mm. we see, you know, Baltar waiting for the president. The president comes in last, uh, and they shut the doors, and we start to hear, the you know, the radio announcements about it. And then that's it. We, we then only cut over to the aftermath of, of the debate and how the, they're looking in the polls. Sure, uh, which sure. Which I like. Yeah. Awesome. Um. We move. Uh, I have the episode on the background, and one of the brunettes in Guy's team actually looks like the girl he's sleeping with by the second episode. But I could be wrong <laughs> about that. I don't know if it's the same actress. I couldn't tell you for certain. Anyway, I'm closer. I'm going to wipe the floor with you, Gaius. You must be losing your mind again. <laughs> <laughs> Catty little bitches, the both of them. The squawk box, the one MC, as they call it in the Navy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Obviously, Sharing's having issues. She says something dark is coming. I can feel it lurking out there, waiting. She goes on to say, it's not a specific thing, more like a dark time. That's that's creepy. When your captive Cylon weirdo that you can't really get a read on that had a baby is starting to talk weird, dark feelings of prophecy, it's concerning. It's a little concerning. Yep. Did did you recall this at the end of the episode when when the Cylons show up on New Caprica? For her her line? Yeah. Like I'm curious. Like what were some of these setups that maybe became obvious to you? And that's the first one I want to ask you about. Did you think back on her words? You know, not until not until Gaius actually gets the election. Once we get to that point, because. From literally that moment on, it's this downward slope into like, whoa, this is actually not good. <laughs> this is looking really rough. Uh, <laughs> because even before the side on arrival, things not looking great. <laughs> like things are not shaking out super well. They're, we have not established a utopia by any means. So, and, and so much dark shit happens all, all the way around. It's, it's funny because Gaius isn't doing anything terrible in – in Rosalind's the one who's like trying to underhandedly steal the election. It's very fascinating. It's it's an it's an interesting uh, moral quandary to discuss, and I'm looking forward to it. But before that, let's talk about our uh, our friend Callie. Boy, boy, what a rough go for her and for poor fucking Chief. Uh, she shook him awake in one of his PTSD crazy dreams, his crazy nightmares, and uh, he just went full fucking crazy on her and beat that poor girl unconscious what did you think was happening here honestly i was like oh fuck you're a cylon yeah Uh, of course of course that's that's the show just tickling my ear Uh, maybe he is and of course i'm thinking yeah fuck you're getting the same haunted dreams that uh sharon probably had yeah original galactica sharon yeah that was my where my head went to first and what did you think about Dean Stockwell's appearance? How fucking Dude, good is he? 
he's for one he's so great and i was like holy shit quantum leap he's, he's here the man he's and he's such a good actor what a fucking great role brother cavill is oh he really is and also other than how good he is the second he appeared i was like cylon <laughs> cylon 100 <laughs> cylon that didn't throw me at all i was like oh he's a fucking cylon did it did he 100%. throw you when he pointed out that he could be um I I thought for a second I was like mm, that's clever, but I was like yeah I still think you are no I think shit that's, that's I oh dude the second he was on I mean yeah. just that introduction of a shockingly new striking yeah. character yeah. I was yeah. like you're silent man yeah. we've never seen you before now you're this prominent priest slash interrogator mom no you're more of a priest than an interrogator I suppose but he's he ain't in there talking religion other than how it's all bullshit. <laughs> mm. Kind of, he, he, he's, he, if you, well, I, I kind of, th- I think I read this a little bit differently, but I think he asked for Cavill. He asked for counsel and religion. Yeah, he did. And that's why I don't think he was being like interrogated as a prisoner. No, no, I'm just saying, I'm saying Cavill himself is not actually seem like a religious man i mean even tyrell is like you you're a priest like after he's you know talking like right. oh, chanting and singing about and mucking around in old half-remembered lines of bad poetry he's like huh this is not really the religious counseling i was hoping to, to give you a part yeah of. right i think chief was looking for something different but i think this is a breath of fresh air as far as if if we if we assume at this point brother cavill is in fact brother cavill and not a cylon although he could still be both i guess that he he says, uh, you know, all that stuff you just said, correct. The gods don't answer prayers. We are here on our own. That's the way they set things up. We have to find our own answers, our own ways out of the wilderness without a nice little sunny path laid out all in front of us in advance. So he's acknowledging the gods set us up this way, but he's not acknowledging the fact that they play a role in our everyday lives, which I think is really cool. Yeah. No, I do actually like it. I mean, I like what he says to him here. Yeah, and apparently the chief uh, doesn't like... Yeah, exactly. It's you. (laughs) Yeah, good shit. Not the universe. You. I like it. I like (laughs) that he's kind of saying, you know, you have to take personal responsibility for this, and that's just the way it goes. I like this type of... I like this type of direction from a religious person who doesn't have very... He, he, you wouldn't call him uh, everything is God's plan, blah, 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 Domine Patri. He's more like the cool younger priest, even though he's not younger, that just says, no, 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 they put us here and we need to figure this shit out. So get your head out of your ass. <laughs> exactly. It's pretty fucking yeah. cool. Don't be sitting here waiting for help. Yep. You got to help yourself. Um, what she says later, I believe, God lifts up those who lift up others, right? I believe somewhere along those lines. Right. Or who they, lift up themselves. Lift- Right. Well, he's like they 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 lift up those who help lift up others. That's what it are like working together like as a community and not just you know diving into your own skull and being a mess. I suppose. Sure, sure. Not so self absorbed, right? Right. Which everybody in America is. (laughs) Just look at a Twitter feed. You know what I'm talking about. Look at a Facebook. Look at a Facebook. Look at a Facebook post or two. You'll see. Oh, look at Instagram. Me. Me. Me, 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 me. Look at my perfect apple round ass. It's not a good enough angle on me. (laughs) Cavill's just out here being like, nah, you're all going to die alone. (laughs) Every fucking one of you. Murder and rape are bad. Look at me. (laughs) Are they? Thanks. 
Oh, man, I know you don't like injustice. I can tell. You said so. (laughs) (laughs) People hurting is bad and not good. (laughs) Ah, profound. Look at me. I'm an angel. (laughs) Me, 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 me. Uh, Maybe your hashtag will feed that kid. (laughs) 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 Fucking zinger. Hey, look, I said don't rape, and the sociopath that drags women in alleyways at night decided not to. Yay! (laughs) Me, me, me. Nobel Peace Prize, here's my address. (laughs) La, 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 la. And finally, look at my arms in this shirt. All right. I don't know why we're doing it. Hashtag no days off, every day at the gym. Hashtag never quit. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Take a look at my meal. No. That's what we should really be looking at this show for, is that it's a utopia <laughs> without social media. Look at it go. Like, honestly, you might be better off battling the Cylons than that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know the Cylons have Twitter, though. You know they fucking do. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I wanted to be the one to attack the cap on the Galactica. Now i got to wait back at the base star. Hashtag you think that Cylon <laughs> problems. <laughs> Do you think that eight's hotter than me? <laughs> Nobel Priest Prize, Jay Curry says. Holy shit, that's good. <laughs> it's kind of, we're, we'll, we'll use like those Catholic, like, you know, that, you know how they do the like, in the, it, well, they do like that weird sing songy thing. They're like, in oh, the, yes. Yeah. What is that called? Shit. I don't know. In the unity of the Holy Spirit, forever and ever. That's how they do it, right? Just like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's how. The, that's how we'll do it for uh, for the for the Instagram peeps. <laughs> <laughs> My we, hashtags are profound and helpful. So <laughs> say me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take a look at my meal. I hate animal abuse and rape. Uh, uh, I'm fixing it, say so we all. (laughs) (laughs) Donate to my Patreon. Changing the world, (laughs) one dollar at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. Uh, We're fucking children. Every dime counts. Every dime counts, bro. Mm. Oh, boy. Yeah. I have no problems in my life. That's my Instagram, right? And she's like, everything's perfect. (laughs) <laughs> Fucking perfect filter for your skin. Yeah. I'm perfect. I don't even have pores. <laughs> yeah, no I shit. can't even sweat. I'm going to die. I look like I belong in a fucking Kurosawa film. It's <laughs> <laughs> some black and white shit. I'm the first person made of saran wrap. Hallelujah. <laughs> the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> in the unity of the Instagram spirit. I don't know. It's stupid. It's all dumb. Oh shit. It's a good character though. But um <laughs> Insta priests. Insta priests. <laughs> oh shit. But no. Cavill goes on to tell Cheryl, not the university, right? And then we go to Lee and Kara chatting. He tells her good hunting, which is awesome. That kind of goes all the way back to when he was like, be careful out there, and she flipped out on him. Do you remember that episode? She's like, that's not what you're supposed to sit. That's the the one where they, they have to stay awake. Oh, fuck. That's, that's way right. back. Remember? That she says, you back. don't say, you don't say be careful. You say good hunting, sir. And when one of your pilots don't want to take her meds, you tell her to shut up and take her. Remember that shit? Fuck. I remember them being like at each other's throats, but I'd forgotten what he had said. So fuck, it was a direct callback. Kind of, man. I just thought of that as we're speaking here. 
Damn. Damn. There's so much in the show. Yep, 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 yep. But I like this moment. I like, you know, <laughs> him. I like seeing Lee as a commander taking these, like, kind of high roads, really. You know, he's, he's getting behind his people. And you know, even on things where I'm, I can, you can tell he's uneasy about this mission, uneasy about the resources devoted to it. Uh, but it, yeah, especially knowing how important it is to carry, he's just like, I hope you find him. Best of luck. Mm-hmm. I really do. I like that. I like so that. do I. <laughs> yep. Uh, we see Tori. She's offering the president's, uh, the press's opinion on Baltar, which of course is low. And uh, this is some false confidence here. The, an empty suit. They seem to be confident in the election at this point. And in Gaius's camp, we get some good shit here. We get Zarek telling Gaius to work the religious angle. He then tells Gaius that things will turn around. Six tells Gaius to listen to Zarek. Gaius is stressed, not comfortable with waiting for God to change his political fortune. So we're seeing, that's a good litmus test at this point in the episode, where we are at with how everyone is feeling. Right. Even, even the civilian fleet, like where's everybody leaning? What's happening? Exactly. Uh, and yeah, I, <laughs> I love how much, even at this point, Gaius is like, oh, well, there's no point in denigrating people of faith. That doesn't you know, lead to anything. But Zarek's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This will, this will take you around. I have to drill down on this divisive issue like a political snake. Yep. He's great. So uh, Kara contacts Galactica Actual. She says they'd ever thank you, right? He goes on to say, come back in one piece. That'll be thanks enough. He makes the call brief. I like it. He doesn't linger. He doesn't get all soppy-eyed with her. All silly, slappy, soppy-eyed. Get that soppy-eyed shit out of here. And that's I when... I uh, seeing this force of, of raptors in the air oh, together. It just looks fucking yeah. cool. It does. Hey, where's your fighter escort, though? Uh, yeah. Because, honestly, call. you're going to get your shit pushed in by one raider. Right? Yeah. Because, I mean, <laughs> are, are the raptors even armed? I can't remember. Mm, not in any way, shape, or form to, to go air to air. Eesh, no good. No yeah. good. In fact, I don't think they are at I all. I mean, they can always jump. That's their biggest defense, but... Yeah, man. They have... Um, they usually have the big... They can deliver nukes. That's their thing, right? Against yeah. slow, unmoving targets. I guess they have twin-tail-mounted Gatlin cannons. Oh, in the first Island War. They have some gun pods and a couple of missile pods. So, yeah, I guess they're okay. Yeah, not defenseless, but... Oof, not not defenseless, but, yeah, you wouldn't... You'd be Foxville if a squadron showed up. You'd have to jump away. Yeah, bounce. Later. Well, the uh, SAR team, I believe that's parlance for search and rescue. The SAR team goes through their jump checks. Heal and Boomer have a chat. I can't believe you talked me into this. Hilo says that he's with her. They're together through all of this. Hilo, again, the loyal dog. They chat, and uh, of course, Bummer says what you'd imagine. I can't get her out of my head, our little girl. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, man. That's, that's such a bad, bad situation, bad sign. Yeah, Ugh. not good, man. Um, more checks. Um, that's when they jack Bummer into the system, into the matrix. Into the matrix. Um, they jump. We cut right into racetrack, arriving at the wrong place. That is it. No other contacts on Dreyfus. They are stranded out, seemingly in the middle of nowhere. Wrong coordinates. 
but there's this planet right beneath them. There is what will be dubbed New Caprica. Yes, indeed. Habitable scans. Habitable right scans. Right amount of oxygen, water. What's going on? Ooh, baby. Yeah. Before we learn all that, though, we go back to Cavill and Tyrrell part two. They're talking some more. Cavill gets into the recurring dreams. And Tyrrell lies about this, to which Cavill says, that's what we in the prey trade call a lie. <laughs> and lies aren't going to get you anywhere. This guy rules. I love him. Uh, Fucking oh, rules. That's what... That's a lie. So if you're, so you're already like, this guy's a fucking Cylon. What were you thinking he was up to at this point? What was running through your head? Honestly, I thought this was going to be the first time we saw like almost like a Cylon coach in a way. Awesome. Like, awesome. Like bringing him up of like, okay, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, almost like bringing somebody from like the deep ocean back to the surface. Like, I'm going to slowly bring you up. To, to coming to terms with, yes, you are a fucking Cylon agent and you have a mission. Like, that's what I thought was happening here. I thought, for one, I wasn't even sure if this was happening literally. Like, this might have been some representation of him communicating with the Cylon in his mind that he wasn't even aware of. Like, this was like some representation of him corresponding with his Cylon handler. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was thinking there, I, you know, I, again, I'm always waiting for this show to pull the weird shit on me. So I'm always like constantly like, eh, eh, looking left and right. Like, ah, what are you going to do? What do you do? What crazy shit are you pulling? Yep. It's a good call. Is, is, is fucking Xena warrior princess watching this all <laughs> from her theater, theater of the mind? I don't know. Ooh, maybe. But uh, Calvo presses him on these dreams, doesn't he? And we see a dream sequence when Tyrrell swan dives off of a mezzanine splashing down onto the flight deck. Dude. So, uh. We're a little down on ourselves. It sounds like uh, mm. poor chief. Interesting. Interesting. Just, yeah, dreams. What do you think both. about the chief subplot? Um, I I both like it. I like it as far as what. Basically, I'm like, of course, chief would be hurting like this. It's kind of weird in a way when you think about it that it's taken so long to come back around to chief and where he's at. Just the, the bummer stuff. Yeah, mentally. for sure. Yeah, like I mean, that's. He's been through a hell, really, and we're only finally starting to see him dealing with it here, and he's dealing with it poorly. That said, I'm not 100% sure. I guess I'll talk more about this in episode two. Not 100% sure if I feel like it goes anywhere by the end of that. Um, I, 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 well, I'll just go ahead and blow one load, is that I do like what happens between him and Callie. I like that. I think there's potential there and, and growth that could be interesting between those two. Um, but I kind of I don't like how we we basically open up to this realization of like wow Chief is borderline suicidal coming apart at the seams PTSD and it's kind of like well yeah eventually he's just over it I was like, <clears throat> hmm, okay interesting is he over it are we sure I don't think he is but I mean the show you know we don't we don't get to really look at it for much right because we jump ahead a year right exactly right so um Tyrrell admits to having the dream nightly Chavo wonders if Callie's stopped Tiro from, and, and that causes the reaction, right? You obviously want to kill yourself. The question is why. He, he really slams him in the face with it. So right. knowing what you know about the episode, what do you think Cavill's doing now? <sighs> man, <sighs> I am still not sure, man. As far, because to be honest, what throws a wrench in it for me is, is the fact that he's a Cylon. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what he's, coaching him too because he, if 
chief is not a Cylon, which we still don't know for sure. Cannot, um, yeah, we don't know at all. There's there's no can. clues yeah. for or against at this point, so he's as suspicious as anyone else. Right, exactly. Um, but yeah, with that being said, I, he even says, the question is why? And I don't know why he, Cavill, would care. That's what I, I, I'm, I'm a little stuck on, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because, because the assumption is that Cavill's words about we made mistakes, we, we fucked up, are, are total bullshit. Mm. See, now that, I, I have a lot of theories about All right, the well, Cylons we'll, we'll, we'll put I'll, a, I'll we'll put a pin. We'll put a pin in the, in the Chief Chiro-Cavill relationship, and, right. and we'll revisit it when we start talking more Cavill. Does that work? Yeah, I'm done. Nice. Okay. Um, Daniel Fouch's chief subplot instead of black market episode? Hell yeah. Dude fucking A. Good call, Daniel. That would have... Yeah, that's correct. That is exactly what they should have done. Yeah. Fucking what? We need Adama as an action hero, do we? Really? I don't think. Yeah. Um, Danny's throwing some some ideas that Cavill's just studying people. Trixie Cylon says Elzar. Cavill doesn't care. He's hiding at this point, right? It's true. Could just be an interesting. It could just be. He we we know how he feels. We right. We we know what he's thinking. Maybe he's maybe he is just hiding and studying and gathering information. It could just simply be that. It's true because I mean, evidently, this is, even though we haven't seen him up to now, which is a little bit of a, you know, it's a shock for the viewer. Evidently, he has been among the crew of Galactica and, and people, maybe the Pegasus, but he is somebody who has a position here. He is this priest. Yeah, he could have probably, most likely he would have been on the Pegasus where we've seen him by now. Because the, the uh, religious right. counselor was Elosha until she got bounced and bedded. Exactly. Yeah. Right. When she was out of the picture, we never kind of really saw a replacement. We didn't, yeah. Like a chaplain, I, so to speak. Exactly. I remember thinking about that even in this episode. I was like, wait, who was her replacement? We never really saw that formally happen. Right. Yeah, and that's the issue. You when I mean, even even an actor we didn't know makes us challenging, but when Dean, Dean Stockwell shows up and he has such a way about him, right? I mean, oh, he's yeah. much different than his uh, character in Quantum Leap, of course. He's yeah. much more comedic in that. And, man, we can really see this. I just really enjoyed seeing Stockwell in this show when he appeared. And I thought to myself, wow. And I just think he did such a good job. He just, you can see the experience. You can see, and, and it sounds weird to say it, the gravitas of Dean Stockwell, but he's great. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he's good. Exactly he's a thinking, good actor. Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's a big actor among, among these people who are great too. Totally. But we know Dean Stockwell from, from years and years and years and years before this. The only other people yeah. we can really say that about, at least me, is probably Rosalind, I forget her name, Mc, Mc, McDonald, McDowell, whatever the fuck her last name is, McRib, <laughs> McFish, I don't remember, <laughs> <laughs> and Edward uh, James We know Olmos. you and that filet of fish. And it, yeah, delish. Give me that filet of fish. <clears throat> but um, so we go to, we go, we go back to the, 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 the kill yourself question lingers. We go back to a racetrack saying maybe we're not a bunch of frack ups. And then, of course, right. we go back to Gata meeting with Ty, Adama, and Racetrack. And they are kind of debriefing them on what they've discovered. And uh, Lee notes that the planet, likely in this little delta region he's noticed, has an abundant plant and animal life. And then uh, we go, we, we move over to Lee, uh, excuse me, to Dee and Gata talking about it. And Gata notes most of the planet is barren outside of the equatorial area. 
But he does say that the planet would be tough to see as a result of the nebula, which would mask it from Cylon scans. Which is definitely appealing. To me, Big time. That's, that's the strongest argument for staying on the planet. Um, if, you, if you're in favor of settlement, I feel like that's what you would want to lead with of trying to argue for it. Of, yeah. Well, you have to be able to settle it first. Otherwise, you, I mean, you can't settle on a dead planet, right. right? Right, right. I mean, of course, like what that all there, you know, that's the thing. If you, if you found a very easily detectable but perfectly habitable planet in the back of your mind is, well, we found it. So the Cylons could find it. That's always there. You find a habitable planet that's actually extremely hard to detect and only when you had a raptor right on top of it that you could even tell it was there. Now that's more intriguing because you are being pursued. Like that's, that's one of the things I feel like you can never – and I, I have to remind myself sometimes of the show. You can never forget that they are in constant pursuit. It's not like they are just existing at a home base and every now and then they get attacked by Cylons. They are constantly running away and being actively pursued. So right. wherever you go, you got to be thinking, okay, they might be right behind us. Is this going to hide us? Are we going to be able to actually hole up here safely? Sure. And <laughs> we know how that turns out. Tempting prospect. But yes, Gaius uh, wonders about the stupid planet. Um, only 20% of it can support life. Six tells him that the planet is the future. Gaius calls this a depressing prospect. So Gaius isn't crazy about the planet. And then, exactly. um, can you imagine if we actually had to live on that thing? Gaius is lamenting, and that's when Zarek says, you're a genius. And Six says, this line is so good. Pay attention. You're about to win the election. Pay attention. Dude, uh, what did you what ran through your blood when she said that shit? For one, I knew she was 100% correct. I was like, "Oh shit. If she's saying that, then I I believe her. I believe that yeah, this is this is the beginning of Gaius turning it around, and I think we're going to see a president <laughs> Gaius. Like I was already thinking that was coming from this point forward. Yep. Permanence and then Zarek says that that is it permanent settlement on this planet permanent settlement here have you lost your marbles <laughs> Zarek retorts it may look dreary and it may be dreary but it is solid ground under your feet and real sky over your head you'd be surprised what a powerful idea that is for people cooped up in a metal box for nine months take it from a guy who is doing prison yeah exactly right that's something and I, mean, I thought of when I was watching it this time around. And he's he's right, man. Like he coming as far as an election goes, bringing it back down to an issue that people can actually get their hands around, not something really complicated, abstract policy shit. But like, hey, here's a thing we can all live on and touch and and have a different, maybe much better life. That's fucking appealing. Yeah, you're saying dumb uh, it down for the retards. Dumb it down for all the dum-dums. Hey, this is what you need to do. Listen to your leaders. Don't think. All the gummy brains. (laughs) It's the way it goes. But um, you should listen to him, guys. He's a smart and sexy man, just like you. (laughs) Richard Hatch was probably like, can you say that again, Trisha? Just let me record it. (laughs) Say it one more time. Ah, That's good. I'll Um, model that. And that's when give up on Earth. Yes, Zarek says. So we settled here. It started to look like a lovely little planet after all. <laughs> mm-hmm. ah. Fucking snakes, the both of them. Love it. Fucking snake tongues. But God, I mean, it is as but Machiavellian. But if you're trying to win, right? You're trying to exactly. win. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. And as, as Machiavellian it is, it's, it's pretty genius because that is the single unifying thing that Rosalind had, that she was – 
uh, even to, to even though not everyone was behind her, she was the prophet. You know, she was essentially right. the the prophesied leader who was going to take us all to Earth, and she had been making that case. And the discovery of Cobalt being fucking real was a big, you know, arrow in her quiver. As far as like, I'm right. Look at look, we have proof of this. We're heading in this right direction. But enough time has passed again for that. You know, you get those glimmers of ah, there's a little bit of proof that we're heading maybe in the right direction. And then time sets in, hunger sets in, cramping situations, still being attacked by the Cylons. Your memory of that starts to fade. Sure. And, f- and him just realizing that that planet is right there. And that, that allure is so powerful. Yeah. It's also, like, you know, it's, it's funny. This is, this is almost an exercise in futility, but I want to present it to you just because it's fun to me. And that's this. Let's say we didn't know how this is going to end, right? right. We know that they that they get occupied, that that bought, that Baltar surrenders. We know this, but we let's pretend we don't know that. Just like none of them know that at this point, right? Mm-hmm. If if the situation were reversed and it was Rosalind saying, "Wow, we found a planet. This is great. We can finally settle down. We can start making babies." she could probably spin it in a way to where you're like, oh, that's not really snakeish. That makes sense, right? We're just right. saying it because it's Zarek and Gaius. We're saying, oh, this is a snake move because it's, it's Zarek and Gaius. So we kind of, it's like a, almost like we've prejudged it. And plus we know the ending, so it's kind of like that whole thing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, even Hitler built the Autobahn. Come on, guys. <laughs> I don't know if that applies. No, I don't know if that's a valid comparison. Not, no. <laughs> but thanks for the Autobahn. Hey, thanks for that. It's great. It's fucking awesome. Um, Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Shit. You know what I mean? Right, right. But but here's my point. If Hitler built the Autobahn before I went to war, like, we wouldn't have been like, oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't, we know the outcomes. We're we're talking because we know the whole fucking timeline. We can see it ahead of us. That is it. Yeah. I guess my point is, Strictly speaking, the snakeish the snakiest shit in this thing comes from Rosalind's camp. Indeed, except for it's interesting. Like one of the things this episode, well, both of these episodes, got me thinking a lot about is what we know as viewers, and then what civilians and and people in the fleet know on their side, as far as they can know, including Rosalind and, and other people. Um, for us as viewers, I still think it's it is snaky inherently because of for one. Why is Gaius running at all? We know deep down he's not a politician. He doesn't want to be. He's not interested in it. He doesn't like it. He's being pushed by a Cylon in his head to do it. That's why he's running for the presidency, that it's to fulfill this kind of grand ambition, this this prophecy that a Cylon wants him to complete. And Zarek, who we also know, we know is a conniving, you know, fairly untrustworthy snake who's mostly looking out for himself and ways to to gain power these are the people pushing <laughs> pushing Gaius forward You're right so you definitely no do you think Gaius has so you don't think Gaius has any noble intent at all i Gaius personally i don't think he has any cruel intent but i also don't think he really has any grand noble intent i think he's more that makes of like, him very less interesting to me so do you think he's just being led along a string and not making any decisions for himself or do you think it's possible he's fulfilling some things that Six believes are coming to pass as they as he executes them? No, I think he's definitely fulfilling things that Six 
sees or is is laying out. And I think he the one of the main reasons he comes around on this idea uh, about settling the planet permanently is it does start to have appeal to him personally of like oh like we we you know maybe I can win the election because of this and I can also settle down like life can be you know as a president I'll have power and position and it also won't be in constant pursuit of the silence maybe we can fucking have an easier life i think that's the real appeal for him personally mm-hmm. i feel like versus Roslyn, who has just noble intent in 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 mind right i mean i, I don't know oh boy's about purely noble but i i definitely give her more credit as far as like she is concerned about the the overall safety of of the people whereas i think i think in this particular moment gaius is the person who's like this feels the best and it's it's a little easier. <laughs> I just politically want to just do this because as genius as Gaius is as a scientist, I don't think he wants to try and work through some longer-ranged political solution to, to the fleet's problem. I think he wants to like get them down there and let's settle up and, and let people start to live. Nice. More questions. So what if – so let's take Gaius for example or, or any politician for that matter. How often do you think a politician says, this is what we're going to do just to secure victory, and then they don't do it? Like, again, oh, we, we, again we know the episode outcome. It's very mm-hmm. possible guys could have said, yes, this is what we're going to do, and we won, and his intent was, we're not going to do that. Maybe we will eventually. Like every politician right. says about every fucking policy, which is like, oh, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Vote for me. And then they're like, yeah, well, I mean, there is there's processes and timetables <laughs> in place and it takes time and blah, 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 blah. I mean, he fucking went – he signed an executive order immediately to do it, which is at really podium, interesting. Right. At the podium right. after being fucking sworn in right there on the spot. Right. It's interesting that he chose to do it that way. It's funny because I was thinking when I first saw this, I was like, oh, Gaius isn't going to do this. He's just going to use this to win like every other politician throughout history. Right. Especially right. In, in, in everything, you know, all, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It's funny though. It's, this, this is a, it's just an interesting take on this whole thing. I personally think that, you know, obviously, I, I was thrilled not only when Gaius won as a viewer – but when he became introduced as an opponent to her, because I think it's important that she has one because it starts to get to a point where it's like, I deserve this only I know and squash our enemies and cheat if we have to, because our vision is more pure than his vision. You know what I mean? Like they know he's untrustworthy, but they don't know what we know. They don't know he has six in his head. Exactly. So, so it, it almost highlights like their ability to, to, to maintain the status quo and, to climb up on this moral high horse because they believe that they have the best intentions in mind of the entire fleet, um, which is too bad. I was kind of hoping that, you know, this this one guy is the election. And one of the annoying things about this is that I really wanted, like, that's another thing I wish this episode would have had. I really wanted more people, a couple of people in the military to be like, no, I'm with Gaius on this. Like it would have, it was too neat for me. Like, yes, he won. Yes, he won because he had way more votes. And I wish they would have shown some of those votes coming from some of the people in the military. After all, they've had armed conflicts with Rosalyn, right? Like, (laughs) it would have been cool to see some of those old things. I mean, I know Adama is going to support her always, but it would have been kind of neat. It would have, um, it would have lended some credulity to the man, to, to Gaius, if, Although he won, clearly he won. He has the votes. He didn't cheat. He manipulated people and 
he played on their dreams versus their fears, which is a very interesting political statement, which is something we can talk about. Um, but he didn't, you know, I would, it would have been cool to be like, D like, yeah, you know, I, I kind of want to go down there or, or, or maybe not Ty, but maybe somebody else, you know, like, oh, that, that'd be nice to go down there or whatever. But it, it kind of was unanimous that it didn't appear that anyone in the military seemed to side with Gaius. Right. And I, to be honest, there were, even in some of those montages where they're just listening uh, to the results coming in and where we see everybody gathered up around the radio like fucking FDR is going to give them a fireside chat. Uh, I I did want to see talking. Like I in some of the scenes of all the soldiers sitting there listening, I thought we were going to kind of see some people do that. Like we were going to get these kind of discussions started breaking out of like, ah, well, I'm pulling for Gaius. Somebody like, what are you serious over Rosalind? Blah, blah blah, and start to like see just like kind of like not obviously that's like a subplot, but like sure, just some background texture of like, all right, there's this is not some uniform thing. Right. Good call. Um, this, this, all of this, this is a real meaty part of this episode. The best stuff to talk about, in my opinion, is all right here. Um, Terry and Rosalind discuss the planet. People are begging to visit the planet. So that is a problem immediately for your campaign. And Terry says, listen, Gaius is tapping into something. And Rosalind's like, well, this, whole, this settlement's a terrible idea, but maybe we can do visitations, which is a horrible idea if you're Rosalind. Like, the, the cat is out of the fucking bag. Totally. What Rosalind, what Rosalind should have done here is embrace the idea and steal it from him and then just not execute it. <laughs> and say there are timetables like every politician has forever. And That's win true. again. Do you know what I'm saying? Resisting this, like the fact that the scuttlebutt in the fleet was that people are already talking about going down there and visiting it, that is a huge fucking problem for your campaign. Totally. Um, life on this planet would be hard. It would be a struggle to eke a living out even if only for a few years. But But you're in a struggle now. Like that's... That's not going to win, right? It's I like it's, I like it. You know, it's cool. It, it's realistic. Exactly, it is realistic. And like what I like that this episode does bring out about Rosalind that we've never had to see before is that she is kind of that rare politician who is better at actually governing versus campaigning. Like she's not very good at campaigning. I mean, that's that's why she was a fucking secretary of education. Like she's not out there campaigning for that position. Yeah. Probably, Anyone could have done her job. The fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, any fucking schmo. Anybody any could have done her job. You're welcome, Adama says, to <laughs> the whole fucking fleet being alive still. Take your dumb fucking presidents. Could have been any any asshole up there. <laughs> any monkey. Secretary of Education, forty seventh in line. Yay, she's a hero. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Just give her nothing. Just nothing. give her nothing. Nothing. <laughs> she's on my hit list right now. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> just for what just for rigging a democratic God, election yes, oh, come God, on yes God, yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but no uh, i do like that i mean like we see her out of her like that's what i, I when you see the the balance shift towards gaius's favor it's when gaius realizes he's good at campaigning you're not a good governing politician but good at the campaign, you know, standing well, up at the mic, saying quotable shit, whipping people up into a fervor and getting their support. Yep. He's good at it. And Rosalind isn't good at that aspect of it. Well, it's, it's, it's part of the problem is that she's not listening to Terry enough. And I think that's interesting here. And that's, that's the thing. She hasn't had legitimate competition. No. I mean, no. she hasn't been the president that long either. Remember, it hasn't even been a year, maybe a year. It's like nine months. That's, that's nothing. Before that, you were nobody. In right. in in the grand scheme of strong political power, like you exactly. weren't you weren't a yeah. senator, you weren't a governor. 
You're yeah. a secretary on an education board. Or maybe the secretary <laughs> of education she might have been, which is pretty powerful. But but yeah. in comparison, in comparison, right? But um, Terry tells Rosalind that guys will play the safe from Cylon's card on account of the nebula, right? Rosalind notes that this is a big assumption, and she's right. I will give Rosalind that that the Cylons ha- that the Cylons wouldn't have the ability to detect and find the planet. After all, we did. That's that's not bad logic there yeah, from Rosalind. That's true. So here's what I'll say about that part. Do you remember when they hit a child because they were concerned silence would zero in on it? <laughs> yes. Did I, you, you knew I was going to bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming some fine. It was coming. Right? Oh, baby. <laughs> By the way, that's your hero president there, stealing babies. <laughs> My hero, baby, hiding, <laughs> pretending to murder president. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Um, but yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's nuts. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so crazy. Go Boy, guys. Yeah, can you imagine can you imagine Rosalind campaigning if she had still only had Billy to help her on this shit? <laughs> Done. Done in the first debate. It's over. What do you got? I I shucked some corn real good, Roz. <laughs> you want some? <laughs> oh, you big strapping idiot. <laughs> Terry's a fucking winner, man. It's true. She's although she you lost. can just see it in her. She's like, ah, although she is all she is all for one in presidential elections. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> she, uh, now she's got to go work for a think tank for four hundred grand a year. <laughs> imagine, um, imagine if this happened in real life. If an inexplicable candidate was voted into office, God, Impossible. that'd be crazy. That never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Impossible. It's funny happens. because you look back on this before. I look at 538.com every day. It's not going to happen. It's impossible. <laughs> but but I'm just saying it's <laughs> it's fascinating to think like, wow, these people elected Caius. <laughs> anyway, she continues by saying, they vote their hopes, not their fears. Baltar offers them what they want to hear. And you are offering a bitter reality. They do not want the truth. They are tired and exhausted. The idea of stopping and laying down their burdens and starting a new life is what is resonating with the voters. It could turn the entire election around. That is the truth for political representation forever. That people are too big of dum-dums to hear the truth. You got to sugarcoat it and make it sound real nice, and you're going to get a pillow and a couple more milk, and everything's going to be just fine. No, it's gonna be no, great. no. It's the first sentence. They vote their hopes, not their fears. Mm, Here's yeah. what I'm hoping happens. Here's what I want to happen. At least the it winners. It's the fears that seem to lose, right? Like, oh, I'm, I, af- like, I'm, I'm voting for this person just because I'm afraid of this person. I feel like most politicians can be boiled down as far as, especially just the hope and campaign. fear. <laughs> hope, well, yes, yeah, exactly. Like hope and fear. One says, I can bring all of this good, all of these good things and changes, this hopeful future vote for me. Or the other one says, all this bad shit's happening is going to come fucking kill you. I'm the only person that can stop it. Vote for me. Like that's usually every campaign is some flavor of one of those. Chocolate right. or vanilla, with just a little more dark or a little more vanilla. And I think it's all it all depends on the zeitgeist of the people, which Terry is pointing out. Listen, these people are fucking beat. They live on ships and quarters. Like, what do you think they're going to do? Exactly. What do you think they're going to do if they want this planet? They're going to push for that, and he knows how to do that. He's pu- he's he's smart. He's fucking smart. He's a stable genius. That's it. 
<laughs> she should have went that direction too. No, I what you said earlier, I think was is the right point that she it would have been a pretty good move on her part to just also embrace that and be like, yes, absolutely, and and take it on. He and had nothing maybe, after that, right? Like he had no other platform, no other points to really work with. So if she had embraced it and said, yes, let's build up a reasonable timetable to get there, blah blah blah, and then just after the election, be like, ah, it doesn't seem reasonable. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, battle-wearied people. We're going to keep running from the Cylons in perpetuity. Keep going. (laughs) Your rations are less because you questioned me. (laughs) Everyone who voted for Gaius only gets pea soup. (laughs) (laughs) She just just turns her into a fucking dictator, just a monster. Yeah. Yeah. A dictator, someone that would summarily execute Cylons without trials or rig elections or steal babies. Uh, exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Squeaky clean. I, th- I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot how squeaky clean she was. Squeaks McClain. Yep. Teflon Roslin. Fucking going to Abdama and calling him, saying he's working with the Cylons. I mean, come on. Because he banged the hot blonde broad once. <laughs> All right, that one's pushing it. So anyway, uh, Brother Cavill says, why are you running? How long are you going to refuse to see what is right in front of your face? I'm not a therapist. I'm not going to hold your hand. I'm just going to get you right with yourself and with your gods, but you're not willing to do it. I don't know what you're talking about. You think you're a Cylon. I'm not a Cylon. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> of course you're not, but that's what you're afraid of. And that's when he taps into the boomer stuff. Oh, yeah. Just like boomer, wasn't it? Mm, I'm a Cylon just like Sharon, and I deserve to die. Yeah. Oh, baby. Yeah. And I do, I like this look into Chief's character because I I fully believe that he is the kind of person who, if he had any real thought of, I think I'm a Cylon, that he would want to kill himself. Like, that would be his next move. Like, he, he wouldn't want to see anything happen, especially because of his first-hand experience with Sharon. That yeah. it would lead straight into this kind of, like, suicidal, almost, like, outrage. Sure, sure. <laughs> Danny says, sounds aren't human. They have no right to a trial. That sounds like, <laughs> that sounds like some Rosalind shit right there. I'm surprised. I thought Danny's more of a Gaius guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought you were a Gaius man. I think I'm only a Gaius man because it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You Gaius apologist, you Rosalind hater, you. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, where were we? I'm not a silent. Of course you're not. Cavill goes on to say that this is what Tyrrell thinks he deserves to die, right? He's pointing out the feelings that Tyrrell's having. Tyrrell admits to being afraid of doing a terrible thing. That's scary. Right. I mean, that's, that's the scariest part about being a Cylon sleeper agent. No control over yourself. Right, right. But she knew that she had to stop herself, and that's what he's thinking about for himself. Yeah. He says, I've never, I never seen you at any of the meetings. <laughs> fucking Cavill rules. So fucking good. I was like, this guy is a Cylon, and he's a really fucking funny Cylon. <laughs> <laughs> he rules. But he offers Tyrrell the advice, right? He says, it's the only family you got. That's your family, and they love you, especially Callie. If you doubt your nature, just look to them for the salvation you've been seeking from the gods. The gods lift up those who lift each, up each other. Right. <laughs> After him saying he can't even face those people again. 
Yeah, absolutely. He beat the brakes off of her. I mean, he really put the he did he did what that bald guy wanted to do to to Bummer <laughs> to share it. Oh yeah. man, I can't wait. Oh, Chief, tell me how it felt. Huh? Did you feel the back of her head rattling off the deck plates? Oh God, that's awesome. He's like, why are you so into this? <laughs> I think you need to go see Brother Cavill. <laughs> oh fuck, dude! Cutting over to these fucking raptors breaking in through the atmosphere. Ah, so good. Yeah, so fucking dope looking. Yeah, it's awesome. Busting dude. out straight over the trees and just coming in real <sighs> low and hot. Awesome, love it. They lost another one, dude. This was another. Uh, I'm almost disappointed. I mean, in a way, it doesn't matter. But I'm almost disappointed that we didn't get to see what it looked like that they jumped into a mountain. Like, God, I, you're and a I sick take, fuck, huh? You definitely know, are a Roslyn supporter. Roslyn, Roslyn's like, what did it look like when they died in the mountain? Take pictures. No, because I'm like, it wasn't a crash. Like, they literally jumped into, like, did they, like, merge with the fucking mountain, the fly style? Just, like, <laughs> fucking, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, somebody's dude. arm is welded into the granite of the mountain. Like, oh, my God. Nice. Christ. Just want, I just want one picture. Just one. Yeah, you're a sicko. It's crazy. <laughs> Holy shit. That reminds me of the Star Trek episode named, you're going to shit, The Pegasus. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, I think there's like phase cloaking in there and like they show people getting stuck and shit. I just thought of that when you said that. <laughs> uh, we learned that uh, Raptor 612 um, was probably the issue. Tough guy in carousel, dead, jumped into a mountain. Three says, we continue to press on. The mission demands it. Go on. We're going on without them. Yes, we're traveling on. Let's do it. But we get to our presidential debate. The second debate. The final second debate. One. Which is already in media res, you'd say. Right, right. We're at the, there's only the last couple questions of it, really. Yep. And Rosalind essentially confi- uh, you know, accuses Gaius of distorting the issues and talking about how she doesn't believe... Uh, the scripture should be governmental policy, but she feels that they hold real world relevance. That she's trying to make this like this basically. She's trying to appeal this, to everyone. She's trying to appeal to this divide of like I'm not trying to be a like a theocrat or whatever. Like I'm not trying to be the religious leader and governmental leader, but I I am religious. She's still trying to hold on to that religious base mm. that she knows she needs. Yeah. Um, Guys is asked about his opportunistic gamble regarding settlement. As she point, she's this is um, you know this is a nice way to put it. And Guys, of course, takes it very gracefully as he's willing to do. He goes, "Oh, thank you very much for that question. Thanks, Jim. In fact, <laughs> here is the truth." Ah, oh, fuck! I love James Callis. He's got rules. He's so good. He says, "If we have a chance to stop this deadly chase, shouldn't we take it?" And that's when Rosalind retorts and says, the sons may already know about the planet. That is a very good point. And Gaius accuses Rosalind of using fear. Isn't it time we stop being afraid? I'm asking all of us to stop running from our lives and start living them. Mm, boy, that is, that's an appealing call. I'm yes. sure it works. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. No. And Zarek's back there like, good, good. Ah, this show is not fair. What are you going to do? Because <laughs> if they were to land on this planet and thrived and done well, we would have been like, oh. But nah, uh, Gaius is right. And Zarek was awesome. God, I guess Gaius has a point here. 
fuck. They got an orbital defense gun now. They can repel silent attacks. Ah, they're really moving. He's really doing great. <laughs> wow, they got the Cylons on the run. It's like that overzealous person in Civilization 5 or 6, whatever you're playing, and they like just expand too fast. You're like, how are you going to defend <laughs> that outpost, dude? <laughs> yeah. They have this gigantic, sprawling like city, but they're, just, they're all just miners. You're just like, I'm just going to sweep in here and kill everyone. They, they have bowmen in your role in like M1 Abrams tanks. You're <laughs> like, well, I'm a little ahead of you, pal. Shouldn't have expanded Should have read a so history quick. book, dick, but boom. <laughs> uh, polls will open in three days, Mr. Anderson. Uh, not your night, I guess. Go frack yourself. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love I how love cunty it. she is as soon as the uh, mic's off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go frack yourself. Yes, let the heat flow through you. <laughs> That's so good. She's like, get that hot mic out of my face. She just fucking goes hard on him. <laughs> um, Zarek offers his impression. I think Balthar did exceptionally well, laid out his vision of the future, and offered the people a way to end the suffering and terror that has defined so many of their lives. On the other hand, I wondered how Roslyn's position against the settlement could win. Uh, good question. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much the S- question. Now, solid it? questions, Eric. Yeah, we go back to silent occupied Caprica. The colonial forces meet up with Andrew's resistance fighters. We get a nice meeting, dude. I love this moment. It's, it's a, a long time moment. and a long time coming. And I mean, it's <laughs> Kara is still at this place for me where I'm like, anytime she's happy, I'm happy. I'm like, ah, good. Something good has happened for Kara. Thank you. I like it. Yeah, everybody's good. Everybody. But then they're like, ah, and by the way, they're hot on our ass. And then boom, incoming. Boom, 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 boom. I think Boomer gives the warning. Yeah, yeah, and they just start getting hammered, fucking hammered by artillery fire. You're fucked, dude. It's it's looking pretty rough. Dude, what are you gonna do? Yeah, that was, and honestly, it's weird. Even like I'd never even thought about that. Of like, fuck. Of course, why wouldn't Cylons have like artillery and and mortars? Sure. And 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 I'm like, if you guys are just rolling in there as just a big flesh squad <laughs> like you ooh, boy you really better have a, a way no heavy they don't have any like heavy gear there's no rocket launchers they have or anything they're just like a a rifle squad a couple rifle squads that are like shit man that's not a lot like that's personal defense only really you got here yeah man that's rough bad situation and uh, it kicks right off kicks right back where it left off when we come into our second episode um, so what we'll do is we'll take a quick break and then we'll dive into part two. How's that sound? Perfecto. Awesome. Sounds good. Our pursuit of this fleet of yours was another error. That's two for anyone who's keeping score. Both errors led to the same result. We became what we beheld. We became you. Amen. People should be true to who and what they are. We're machines. We should be true to that. Be the best machines the universe has ever seen. But we got it into our heads that we were the children of humanity. So instead of pursuing our own destiny, of trying to find our own path to enlightenment, we hijacked yours. You said it, brother. My mission here is simple. I'm to tell you that you've been given a reprieve. Cylon and man will now go their separate ways. No harm done. 
All right, Matt. Let's uh, let's dive into lay down your burdens, baby. Lay them down. Lay them down <laughs> again. In the Part two. Crescent of God. Part two. Keep on laying them down. We get right back to silent occupied Caprica, Mister Anderson. We're in there. We're smashing things up. We're right where we left off, and um, we realize that they're getting shelled. Yeah, this is straight up World War One Lost Battalion shit we got going on here. Just getting <laughs> hammered. Yep. Hammered. Just run. Run away. <laughs> Back to the trenches. They have that area zeroed already, which pretty much means you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Brutal. Right. I mean, I think it's Kara who points it out. Like, they have us zeroed in. If we stay here, we're just going to get chewed apart. Yeah. Got to move. They pre-zeroed. I remember that scene in Band of Brothers. When when in Winters, of the bulge. no, no, before one of the earlier battles, when Winters wow. is like, they have this place pre-zeroed, so we knew the Germans already knew where their mortars would fall, which is mm. right where they fucking were, because they knew that's where there would be. It's a and he's nightmare. literally standing up amongst machine gun fire, kicking people in the asses to move. Wow. So crazy, <clears throat> brutal. All right, let's talk about this stuff with uh, with Callie. Let's talk about this Doc Cotto meeting on the infirmary. I never heard a dame that couldn't complain, no matter how (laughs) smashed up her fucking face was. Ah, get out of my face. And I've tried, believe you me. (laughs) Good old Cottle. Smoking Uh, in her face. (laughs) She's literally waving away fucking smoke. He's like, ah, fucking broad, still complaining. Dude. Yeah, she um she's beat up. She she could she could use a little more beat up face, but I'll take it. I'll take it. And um I love Tyrell's reaction to seeing her. It's just this is why that this is why this guy's in this show. Man, he's just good. He's good, man. I love him. Uh what I did was uh and she says, I forgive you through her oh. wired jaw. Dude. Not gonna lie, this is choke you up a little bit. A little bit, yeah, man. man. It's a tough scene to watch. And Callie, Callie Callie did it for me here. That, yeah, Callie's a character that that took me a long time to come around on, but I, I have been warming up to her. And this, this scene, what's good about this too, this moment, it's not some throwaway thing of like, oh, uh, turns out she was in love with him. Like the signs have been there for a long time. There, there's been a lot. I mean, the fact that she. I feel like anyways, like I feel like there have been deeper feelings from her, the way she's looked at him, the way she's, you know, watched his relationship with Sharon from the beginning from afar. And there's just lots of stuff there. And that in this moment, I was like, oh, fuck, you're like really in love with him, aren't you? That's what this is. Yeah. Um, And that she really cares about him. And the fact that he could just go full tilt on her little face and smash it up. And she's still like, that's okay, I forgive you. I was like, God damn. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, smash my face in. <laughs> oh my god, oh, what are you, a stat? Oh, oh my, my god, head right off. kill me now, that's so sexy. Jeez, I wish I could open my mouth. In a wheelchair. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just awful. It wasn't you, I know that, it wasn't you. You're in pain, you have been for a long time, I care about you, I always have, I always will. Yeah, yeah, so fucking sad. Yep. Oh, such a rough do you think that's uh do you think that's who do you think's babies in her belly at the end of the episode oh oh definitely chief 
Well, Wait, is there any doubt in this? Oh, oh I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You saw her at the meeting. Yeah. Wait, are you, is there any doubt? There's no doubt. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, you fucking Cylon saboteur. You know, it's crazy. You could it all, it's like ends. you're a fucking psychic. You could always see it, dude. Wow. Right, where are they coming from? You always could see it coming. It's almost like they revealed it in the episode, and then all of a sudden you knew everything, Mr. Smarty Pants. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I don't about? know. I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> I'm being a crazy person right now. Just ignore me. Crazy person. <laughs> Gaius apologizing fucking just because he gives you a good space blow or whatever he's got. In Some man just want to watch chamber. the world burn. That's me today. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> um, it's a touching moment for sure. I like it. Um, the SAR team is getting fucking rammed in the ass. Pretty awful. They arm Sharon, which was cool. They managed to get back to a makeshift bunker, and the fighting suddenly stops. Dude, utter terrifying. silence falls upon the forest. The second that happened, my first thought was, "Okay, they've stopped shelling you, so now in come the troops." Like that's what's going to happen. You're going to have a whole wave of toasters coming in to clean it up uh they softened you up with a bunch of bombs and now they're just gonna you know come through and shoot the the, the fucking wounded um that's what i thought and they do even have this great moment of when they look out there you can see uh a cylon sentry standing there and scanning so they are out there they're right over there like 40 yards away but they don't come in they don't pursue them any further interesting totally blew me away i was like what the fuck like it felt, of course, like all things Cylon, a trap. <laughs> like yes. something, this is not good. They have air support coming. They have something else happening. There's something going on. Not what, uh, what it actually comes to be. Cylon Human Armistice Day. Holy shit. Uh, fucking, it fucking happened, evidently. Hells <laughs> are on the chat as the arm Sharon. She wastes all of the humans finally. <laughs> Dude, for half a second, I thought that was going to happen. I was like, I don't. I don't think that's going to actually happen, but oh shit, what if it did? How like, sick would that be? Just a total like, Jason Bourne moment. Oh my God. She's like, here, Sharon, take this gun. She's like, thanks. And just wastes all, bam, 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 just sticks it under people's chins. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking throwing dudes into each other with that crazy Cylon strength. Hell yeah. The and music. Kara, Kara's like, why the fuck did I do that? What was I thinking? The music <laughs> kicks Cylon. on. It's like some like hip hop. It's like, no, 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 no. Like they do like some hip hop cowboy track. Like, boom, and then she's just fucking wasting, dude. Blood, like Django blood everywhere. <laughs> That'd be so sick, dude. It's a fucking Charlie's <laughs> Angel scene. You just yeah. literally see Kara Thrace without a head. It's <laughs> insanity, dude. Just kills everyone. Guys, and then she just pops flying up. And she's like, it's over the to the Cylons. Dude's literally flying across the forests, like getting blown 40 yards down the forest. <laughs> Breaking in half across trees. <laughs> awesome. Turning, getting like fisticuff, juking people, doing a keto, tosses faces directly into tree bark. Boom. <laughs> Cheese grater across the trees. Yeah. I'm into it. Oh, uh, shit. That's bunch a good of, piece of Bunch of freeze fiction. frames. <laughs> no, that's a good fan fiction right there. Dude, imagine that shit animated. Like roundhouse kicking people's heads off. God, that'd be sick. Fountains of Quentin Tarantino blood. Hell yeah. Oh, man. 
You killed I, my baby. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> baby killers. You gave it away to a white woman. <laughs> I want my little half Korean, half Cylon baby. <laughs> now she's going to get it a good education, have a great home. <laughs> Dude, for, for a split second. For a split second, I thought it. Oh, fuck. All right. That's not what happens, though. Um, but Sharon doesn't warn. <laughs> in case you guys didn't see the app in a while, Sharon doesn't kill the whole cast. <laughs> the show doesn't grind to a halt in this scene where Karen we kills the, all the main characters. As we get the Tarantino script rewrite, that doesn't happen. Oh, shit. So good. Oh, shit. <laughs> but Kara does make a suicide, murder-suicide pact with... Uh, hey, Kara. Fucking- don't ever point Yikes. your gun at me again. Dude. You psycho. Real? You fucking psycho. Yeah, I know it's a time war and all, but that's definitely armed and fucking loaded. Like, don't point it at my face, please. <laughs> I'm good. I get it. Yes, I'll shoot you in the face when the time comes. Yeah. Oh, man. Goddamn. <laughs> Elza, I got them sidetracked. I'm so proud. <laughs> It's not too hard to do, man. Boomer, have you ever loved again? (laughs) Right? Isn't that the song? Django. Django. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, because she says the farm. Remember the farm? She brings up, there'll be interrogations and the rest will be sent to the farm. She's like, I ain't going back to that farm. (laughs) Dude, she is like a prisoner on furlough that broke the chain and is fucking running. I ain't going back. (laughs) Ain't going back. <laughs> You'll never Fucking take me alive. Blow my brains out before you put Coppers. me back on there. <laughs> You're going to have to Bonnie and Clyde my ass. Yeah. It's oh, not really a suicide oh. pack when you threaten him with murder. It's true. The, and also she does... And okay, this this could become a rabbit hole that we shouldn't die, die too far down. Are you sure? But I started thinking about the mechanics of shooting each other. I'm like... Hopefully it doesn't like fuck up where like she shoots Anders straight in the temple and he just dies instantly. But in dying instantly, he's like his hand drops a little and he only shoots her like through the cheek and she's just like argh, argh, all fucked up. <laughs> it's and, the dumbest like, plan. Still ever. alive. And I'm like, don't you should probably just hold hands and each shoot yourselves, I think, is probably the way to go about this. If you want to do like the romantic <laughs> wedding kiss and hook your arms together with the guns. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure your own hand is on your own gun. All right. One, two, three. Ah, you didn't do it. Ah, silly. You hang up. <laughs> they start doing this. All right, it's time. Like at a wedding. Go on, death time. They hook their arms together. <laughs> Fuck. This is a dark show. <laughs> oh, Andrews did it first. Ah, you always were a pre ejaculator. Fuck. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, it's terrible. Just unsubscribe. Do your thing. Yeah, Go ahead. That last joke might be worth a one star, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'm going to get a patch made of it and put it on my fucking coat. It's like that time we pre ejaculated. It's like that time. Yeah, one time. <laughs> Just the one. Stupid. Anyway, Rosalind <laughs> goes over the results. They're down to two more points. They're down two more points. She wonders if people are going to be dumb and short-sighted. She's obviously upset. Have you not been in a democracy before? (laughs) Of course they will be. That's how it always works. (laughs) It's hard not to be dumb in a dumb system, right? 
It's true. Yeah, you heard me say it. Tori reminds Rosalind that it is the biggest issue people are talking about, the planet. Rosalind says that she feels it in her gut. I feel it in my gut that the planet will be a disaster waiting to happen. We should not go down there. We do not belong on the planet. You should Thank go you. for the gut. Go for the gut in the best star. I feel it in my gut that this is not the right move for my Shidoshi. Well, sorry, Rosalind. Jean-Claude Van, Van Damme cannot help you. Um, Tori says that there is always a backup plan for victory. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> Unleash almost, the Sharon. <laughs> the way she said that shit, I almost expected her to like cut over to fucking secret assassins killing Zerika. Yeah. I was like, damn, lady. Right. Backup plan, huh? Holy shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Kara's team is still waiting. Apparently, plen- apparently 18 hours have passed. Dude, There's an audio fuck-up here, and I think it was dubbed later because the, the subtitle says 12 hours, but Anders clearly says 18. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, <laughs> yeah. wait, that's not right. There's been a couple like that. Um, Hulu. Kara wonders what they're up to. The plan, fight until we can't. Well, she wants to get a recon crew together, scout the area, see what's going on out there. They literally scout 20 feet out. <laughs> I'm like, wow, what a... <laughs> What a crack recon team. <laughs> what a recon crew. They go let's, out of uh, cover in the open in front of the cover, all kneeling down in the open. You guys let's go awesome. further into the area that we can already see. All right. <laughs> tight. <laughs> but um, apparently the silence are gone. They just left. Thank the gods, says Brother Cavill. Were you like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I was just like, yep, Cylon. <laughs> Do it. Do your fucking Cylon. Like, where'd you come also, from? I was, like, I was like, did they bring him down like as a chaplain? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, for a split second, I was like, wait, did he actually come down with him? And I was like, no, that's insane. He is truly just a Cylon, like I suspected. And the weirdest part of all, why would he just come announce himself among the human beings? Fucking so, bizarre. So what, right. Not just that, but when he says, it's a miracle, let us pray, and people literally start praying. I, I, had yeah. to, I did a double take on that scene. I had to watch it again. I was like... What is this? Me too. That's it's one of the weirder parts of both episodes where I'm like, wait, do you here's did my you here's guys my, forget? Did you guys forget that you didn't bring Brother Cavill? That this is just a fucking Cylon coffee? Right. I I don't I, it's the only thing I can think of, the only thing that even makes any sense at all, and, and it's a yeah. hey, real quick, get on your get on your your sweatpants because this one's gonna be a Boy. Here we go. It's a, up, limber it's up. a stretch. You might pull, pull a hammy on this one. Okay, I'm ready. If you have not been training like I have to do the splits, you might hurt yourself. <laughs> but what we got here is this. Is it possible that they thought, you know how they're rescuing a shitload of people, that he was just somebody who stumbled onto them and they're like, whoa, this is a priest? Like, what's he doing here? Because they literally start listening to him. It's weird. It's the only thing I can give them. The other thing was, did they bring him on the mission? And why didn't they show him in the Raptor? And what's his point on the mission? Right. There's no other explanation I can even think of. What's funny about your explanation too, which I think honestly is, even though it is a bit of a stretch, it is the most realistic. Um, I just like the idea that (laughs) right after they're done praying, Anders is like, well, I'm glad you guys brought a priest. And then Kara's like, wait, I thought he was you guys. He's like, wait, you don't know him? Oh, you don't know him? Oh, what the fuck? Right. Who is this asshole? Yeah. 
That's what I'm saying. Like, he could have just been amongst his survivors. From our perspective, right. we know they exactly. didn't bring him. Yeah. yeah, indeed. Well, we also know, like, holy shit, at this point, the viewer's like, 100% of Cylon. But then when you start thinking about it, like, where does it come from? How does that whole thing work? Yeah, a Cylon just approached them and was like, hey, I, don't, I know you guys were just being shelled by us and we were pursuing you to your death and you are ready to shoot us on the site, but uh, here I am, let's pray. Yeah, it's exactly. pretty bizarre. Pretty he looks strange. cool, too. He's wearing that cool duster kind of coat. Ah, dude, he looks so good. It rules. <laughs> we cut back to Rosin praying with Cavill. With Cavill. As well oh, as what, the What a beautiful confirmation yeah. of him being a Cylon. I mean, I, I was fucking suspicious from jump, but I'm like, ah, I like that. I like that they gave us that confirmation in that way. Yeah. So good. Gaius clandestine meeting with Rosalyn. Ooh. Admiral. <laughs> and Rosalyn slips on out from behind. Oh, Rosalyn. This is a oh. bad play. Dude, it is. And it bothers me. Not in just like what she says to him is not, I would say, a terrible play or a terrible idea. It's again the way she she's, presents it to him. We, she's totally we talked about this before, right? Well, but just the way she talks to Gaius on a one to one person basis, she is just disrespectful to him, and of course he reacts like insulted because it's insulting. And I'm like, the, just, it's just the way she presents some of this stuff. Where I'm like, you're doing this sh- shittily you're being like condescending in the way you talk to him. Right. Yep. Crazy. Um, it's, you're also going after the one thing that he's gaining ground on. It's such an (laughs) obvious play, you know? Oh yeah. The question should be carefully studied before making a final decision. (laughs) Right. And see, and again, this is the, this is the thing that I struggle with, with Rosalind because she's right on a lot of this. She's right. Like this is, you know, a campaign is not the time to make, honestly gigantic decisions about the fate of the entire human race in front of you because everybody's just looking to win. We're not looking to make level-headed decisions on a long-term scale. And she's 100% right about that. Like, it's true. This is kind of the worst time to have to make these kinds of decisions. And I even like this idea of being like, Maybe we can together say that this is something that has to wait. But she says it socially. The way she says it, she says it like an order. She's like, you and I will issue a statement. We're doing this. As if she already is just She's always treated Baltar that way, always. Exactly, exactly, which, which is her downfall. Like, if she had just approached him like an equal, like, a, hey, we are two people trying to become president, yeah. but we, at the end of the day, we're trying to become president to lead the as far as we know the last of the human race and this is a momentous decision that we're going to have to decide and it should not be decided in the fray of a political campaign we should maybe wait on this like that's reasonable that to me is like you can make a very reasonable case for for delaying that decision and i think gaius might have even been somebody who could have come around on it but that shitty way she approaches him i'm like this is your flaw with him she and again i gotta give it to rosin man she's not wrong like in mistrusting Gaius but in this situation where you're kind of at his mercy because he's got the lead and you're desperate to get it back you're gonna have to work with him and treat him like an equal and she's just incapable of it once she sees somebody as like you are untrustworthy you're a little bit of a snake in the grass I don't quite know what to do with you don't quite know how to think about you I'm gonna always look at you with my nose tilted up always that's how she treats him and she can't get past it and it fucks her here 
Right. Her problem is that she's trying to use this to win the election, in my opinion, and nothing more. And I'm not saying she doesn't believe what she's saying. But if she was confident that she'd win the election, then his proposal, his his platform is irrelevant to her. She doesn't care because she's going to win and do what she wants anyway, right? Mm-hmm. She's only going to him because she's losing. That's <clears throat> true. And she says, we'll make a joint statement that this will be tabled until after the election. That right there is is death for Gaius's campaign. Exactly. And she knows it. She knows that if he's foolish enough to say this, and then turn around and go, but I still want to do this. Like, he's going to look like a loser right there. He's going to look like he, he wimped out and then he has no conviction. Mm-hmm. So it true. it's just, she can't, it's just no win. My sense of patriotism is doing just fine. I, yeah, he, like she, the way she tries, she really sometimes, she underestimates guys all the time. Yeah. That's constantly. another problem, I think. Um, he says, I see this as my patriotic duty to lead this fleet to a new world. That world is unquestionably new capital, but thank you, Madam President, for demonstrating to me just how desperate your campaign for election has become. <laughs> and that's when Rosalind gets emotional and says, tall blonde woman, tall blonde woman. She's like her losing her breath talking about it. She's grasping at straws here. <laughs> well, again, like she's grasping at anything to slow down his victory, but she's not wrong. She saw him with a confirmed Cylon like as far as you know this is this is why I I still have a lot of sympathy for Rosalind's point of view is that knowing only what Rosalind knows not what we know as a viewer not all that you know that we get to see head six and are privy to all this information that most of the other characters in the show don't know definitely not Rosalind Rosalind just knows that he has been shifty and untrustworthy and and odd and, you know, seemingly conspiring with Zarek and other people. And then she got this memory that confirms he was with what we know for sure is a Cylon. That's all she sees. Like, I don't blame her for being extremely uh, mistrusting of Gaius. I definitely, from her point of view, from what she knows, it makes sense. Um, but again, like, I think you're right in that she does not handle this well. She doesn't go about it well at all. Right. Because it doesn't confirm anything. And I'm not saying she shouldn't be suspicious based on her death dreams, but that's what they were. And that's what she seems to remember seeing. And, you know, she's like, oh, you know, that the Shelly Godfrey, the woman that accused him of being whatever, which ended up not being the case, right? She ended up being a fraud. It's weird that that would come back into the show at this point. You know what I mean? Like, I know you were with her and making out and making kissy kiss. That doesn't doesn't mean anything. It just means the Silent was, you know, fucking her. Just like Sharon fucked Hilo, you know, which she probably doesn't really trust Hilo either for, for similar reasons. <laughs> but it's like... Never trusted a Cylon fracker. But you are right in that knowing what she knows, not what we know, it under, it's understandable that she doesn't completely trust him. Absolutely, for sure. I, I, there's no argument against that. Right. Um, my affairs are who I choose to consort with and none of your business. I saved your life. I will not save your career. Your political career. Well, political career. That's what he says. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> Just his, his fucking swishy British ass. Ah, my God. <laughs> your political career. <laughs> the ties do battle. Indeed. Oh, I love it. Oh, aren't you going down there? Have a good time. Cat around with some new boys. 
<laughs> I love that each of them knows exactly what they are. Like they they have no illusions about their marriage. Nope, not at all. Kind of, I kind of love it. Ellen pushes uh, to move to New Caprica because she says if Baltar wins, then what? We're gonna just sit on the ship. She's not wrong. Rot. <laughs> um, Saul's like, my job's to protect a fleet. Duh. Remember, Colonel? That's that's what I'm going to do. If you want to move so. down there, be my guest. Go cat around with all the men. Have a good old time. Have a good old time. Starbuck is back. Starbuck is greeted by Bill and Saul. I never say Saul. She introduces uh, her new friends. This is Samuel T. Anders. He makes a joke about uh, you know beating the team that Adama likes, which is cute. He's charming, of course. Um, and then she says, we have great news. The silent occupation is over. <laughs> <laughs> that is the craziest sentence of this show so far man it's over they're done they're just leaving it's gone it's like wait what so in theory we could even just go back to caprica i mean obviously there's a lot of radiation and everything um by the way if there's a lot of radiation it's a wasteland that they talk about hey uh anders you might want to uh, get some fucking tests <laughs> he had the rad meds but yeah you're probably right um Brother Cavill says, it's true. The silence have left the colonies. They are headed for greener pastures. Tyrell uh, obviously freaks the fuck out. Yells cold blue, which must mean Cylon. He's a fucking Cylon. Yep. Well, this is an awkward moment. I love Cavill, dude. He rules. He is right. I am a Cylon. I have a message. Or take me to your leader. <laughs> <laughs> take me to your leader. <laughs> so fucking funny. He orders uh, Bummer locked up, too, which seems harsh. And he ends up being right about that. She did know. She did fucking know. What do you think about that, withholding that? I mean, for the reason she says right after it, it makes his exit. They killed my baby. Hell hath no fury, like a Cylon scorned. Like a Cylon lady scorned with her unholy Cylon human fucking creation. Right. And then Carrie just says, welcome to Galactica, to Anders. (laughs) It's, uh, It's pretty fucking crazy around here. Hilo asked questions. Why didn't you say anything? Maybe I didn't want to, right? Like you said. That's Maybe you wanted to love the whole ship. Is that what you're looking for? He's clearly pissed off. We finally gained their trust. He's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, they killed my baby. You think I care anymore about you or us or whether the Admiral trusts me anymore? Fucking done. Yep. And poor Hilo. He's like, I love you. I'm not giving up. So I'll see you soon. See you real soon. God, poor fucking Hilo. Can't catch a break. Can't catch Just a break. Can't catch a break, man. Fucking yeah. poor guy. Yeah. Yep. It's brutal. He needs to go look for Shelly Godfrey or something. Switch it up. <laughs> I'm going to go screw around on you. <laughs> Will that help? <laughs> <laughs> Anders and Kara have a grand old time. Dude, not going to lie. I know that this show, <laughs> this whole scene, man, <laughs> I know that the show wants me to go. Oh Lee, oh Lee, you still love her. And I'm fuck just like, Lee. I'm like, hell yeah, Kara! Look at you having all that fun. You're gonna fuck this dude's brains out all night. This is gonna be great. Hell yes, get it, get it. Hey I'm Lee, so happy in this hey, scene, Lee. man. Way hotter. Ah, ah, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> look at him. <laughs> Is it time for another beef report? Do we have to do we oh, have to reassess? I don't know. Well, he's on it. He's definitely on it. We already we already talked about that. Although, hey, by the way, yeah. I, I meant to say last episode even, uh, Chief Tyrrell with the scruff, 
definitely bumped up on the beef. Before. I, I, I tried like to, it. It's yeah, looking good. I tried to tell you about him. You wouldn't hear it. I know. I'm tell you, hey, you make the man a little more rugged, and there we go. <laughs> it twixes my nethers. I mean, Kara is literally skipping around. Dude, she's so fucking adorable in this scene. She's just drunk and happy and giddy and horny. I'm like, good for you, girl. Hell yes. I'm so glad to see it. Yeah. I just love it. I just, I was happy this whole scene. Even watching, even watching Lee it made me more slink happy. away like a little bitch. She's just going to go jerk off in his cabin. I was like, I don't care. I don't care, show. Hey, I'm by just- the way, you know what? You know what? The show, show, you don't fool me, show. Here's why. <laughs> if you walk by that room and you peek in, you keep walking. Exactly. Come on, come bro. on, Lee. What the, what fuck? the fuck are you doing, Lee? Just let him have this. Just mosey the this. fuck on out of there, okay? You told her I want you to find him. You know what that means. Now she I want to go him. in. He's just—he's so selfish. He's going in there just to punish himself. Exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? I fucking hate it. <laughs> and and at the same time, now the only time where I'm like, oh, you guys are being a little shitty was where, and even <laughs> I like even Anders being like, hey, you're being kind of shitty when she starts <laughs> bringing up Dwala and she's like, oh, you're still fracking her. I'm like, what do you have against Dwala? Like, what the fuck? What was that about? That was a little <sighs> shitty of her. No, I think time, she's just making a joke by saying it publicly. You know what I mean? Wait. Like, oh, you're fracking, just making it funny. I think she's just having fun. Oh, I don't think she's saying right, anything bad right. about D. Well, also, no, real what, quick, what's funny about that? What, what I think is funny about that too is I'm like, why are you even being all mopey face? You got D. Like you, you can no go kidding, back dude. and bang Rihanna. What are you fucking yeah. complaining about? Exactly. Loser. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying Love anything. It. I'll do anything to get into some ha- pants, some sexy, hot young thing. Um, <laughs> they make out more, right? Andrew strikes his hand, offers him a shot. I mean, what else is he gonna do? Right. They, in, they, in this, and also in this scene, I'm like, Anders does nothing wrong. Like, what, no, what could he be expected all. to do here? He does like, everything right, to be honest with you. Right. Max on his girl, drinks whiskey, offers whiskey to this loser dude who's slinking around all sad. Slinking around, man. Old fucking slinky shoulders McGee over here. <laughs> uh, I don't feel good about this. Damn. <laughs> Get the incredible sulk out of here. <laughs> we trying to get our freak on. Leave. Jeez, man. <laughs> oh, God so damn. Don't you got a donkey costume to sulk around in? <laughs> get out of here. Your- yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. Oh, I used to go like you and stuff. When she says, where did he go? And they laugh. Ah, oh, it's precious. <laughs> <laughs> this show wants us to feel so bad for Lee, and I'm like, ah, I'm nah. not buying it. I'm sorry. Hey, you walked in there. Nah. You walked Get in your there. slinky shoulders and scram. <laughs> Kick rocks the whole way out, bitch. Beat it's it, not nerd. Happening. Anyway, <laughs> Cavill and the Brig. This shit is so funny. I'm not a Cylon. Oh, well. Okay, then. <laughs> oh, <well> then. <laughs> sorry to bust up your day, brother. <laughs> yeah, so good. That's it's been really decided good. that the occupation of the colonies has been an error. Bad thinking and faulty logic. Live and learn. The war heroes have managed to swing opinion over to their side. A six had a, a, a six and an eight, right? And he goes on to give this whole big thing. And he basically says, we've made errors, right? I love this. We became dude. what we I beheld. People should be true to who and what they are. We're machines. We should be true to that. Instead of pursuing our own destiny, we tried to find our own path of enlightenment and we hijacked yours. My mission is simple. I'm here to tell you that you've been given reprieve. We're going our separate ways. Damn. That Damn, Cavill. That, I mean, that is the craziest 
news from the Cylons that we have seen yet. That's that's insane. I, I really never thought I was going to hear that, at least not this early in the show. We're, we're at the end of season two. Um, and just, yeah, no, we're done. We're not even going to pursue it anymore. We're, you are not of interest. We are doing, we were like completely top down, full hierarchy, shifting priorities, completely abandoning that whole pursuit and mission. We're done. It's like, holy shit. But also what I love about it, and they even, you know, of course, tout it all high and mighty, but they're like, we're not afraid to admit our mistakes. Right. You know, like, hey, we, we fucked up. We realize we fucked up, and now we're going to change course. We're not just going to stubbornly, humanly batten, you know, dig our heels in and be like, I'm, I believe it more than ever because now it's shown to be wrong. Right. Roslyn, uh, you know, of course, this isn't going well with Adam and Roslyn, who've faced almost uh, an annihilation here. Roslyn asks where the Cylons went, right? Let's just say we have other plans. One true god comes up, and Brother Cavill says that there is no god. Can't prove it one way or the other. Hmm? What do you think about Cavill's stance on religion in general? We know how Six feels. Oh, yeah. Cavill well, seems one, different, yeah? Well, yeah. Look, what I think is the most interesting thing about it is that it has kind of like, we, we, it's been a while since we've gotten to talk about it, but we've wondered about dissent among the Cylons of like, do some Cylons not mm. believe in God? Is sure. that possible? Are they yeah. all of a hive mind connected? And they are definitely not. Right. Like that's something that in the last couple of episodes, last three, four episodes, we've really gotten to see. Last week for sure. Or last sure. time, I should say, not week. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but they, yeah, like that they are not rank and file all thinking the same thing. They are truly individual, at least to a much greater level than we'd ever thought. And and I think I believe him when he says, well, I don't. Like, I don't, you know, buy all of this. Some in our, in our ranks do, of course, you know, and, and I think that's interesting. And I think he's being honest here. Mm. I think he's actually, so here's one of the, you know, I'm not going to go dive into it yet, but one of my theories about them even returning, um, I still think they're being completely honest. I don't think any of this is a trap. I don't even think them returning to New Caprica is a trap. I think they're being honest that we are not looking to annihilate humanity anymore. I think that's true. Mm. Yeah, because why not just bomb Nuke Africa? So why not just bomb them? Why not just hit them with nukes from orbit? Yeah, they <laughs> like didn't have Ripley to even style. break the atmosphere. Exactly. You would have just seen a light, what? <laughs> Flash ride. <laughs> Melted into your wall. Ooh, gone. <laughs> well, Rosanora's in airlock to see if there really is a silent god. Man, she does not fuck around. Yeah, when it comes to silence, boy, she ain't got no mercy. Yeah, you might want to keep him around and get some more info, yeah? <laughs> Probably should. L's are on the chat. We built an armistice station. Will you send a rep? <laughs> <laughs> and see, yeah. that For also strikes me. 40 years, they don't, right? Mm. Seriously. And that, that strikes me also as very machine-like. The fact that he's like, well, you know, we're ready to move on. And Adama's just like, you almost crushed our entire civilization. <laughs> you expect us to bury the hatchet? And they're like, yeah, of course. Like, machines are sure. so good at, at not buying into the sunk cost fallacy. They're just like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas humans are like, hell no. I'm going to hold on to that grudge for 50 generations. I'm going to fucking live and breathe and make a religion out of what you guys did to us. Yeah. Oh, shit. Pretty crazy. Fucking cavil, man. Is that a sunk cost fallacy, though? What would you say? <laughs> I mean, in a way, it's a brutal one. But to think <laughs> of like, well, should you keep trying to go after the Cylons now that they've even given up their pursuit of you and crushing them for what? Revenge? Mm-hmm. Like, does it matter anymore? You're not going to bring those people back. It's gone. It's over. Like, 
eh, I mean, hey, I'm trying, like, I'm a human too. I'm like, kind of still want to punish the fuck out of them for killing, I don't know, basically all of our families. But at the end of the day, it's not going to bring any of them back. And now they're not pursuing you. You're kind of free to do whatever. Yeah, I hear you. I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go back to election day. I guess they get airlocked, by the way. I guess so. They, yeah, it doesn't matter to them. They're just like, whatever. I'll just yeah. be downloaded. I don't care. But yeah, back to paper ballots. The right, third ballots coming in. I like this is a cool sequence. I love I mean, the music. Cool. I love all this shit here. Lots of transition shots. Everyone in the fleet listening in. This is very tense. Zarek filed a complaint against the military's involvement in the election process. Mm. Smart, because come to find out, they tried to cheat. Or they did. <laughs> they just straight up fucking did. They straight up did. Um, we learned that at this point in the race, 21,569 votes to Baltar, 17 to Rosin. I don't understand those numbers if there's only 29,000 people in the fleet. Um, no, I think there's still like close to 50,000 at this point. I think they lose a lot at the end of this episode, right? Is there that many? Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. All right. I think at this point they're still like close to 50,000 or a little somewhere in that range. We see whispers but. and conspiracies are in motion. Tori makes a call. Is this a secure line? There are only five ships left reporting. We need to move now. Dude, did you shit when Ty was on the other end? 100%, dude. I never <laughs> saw that coming. That blew my fucking brains out. Can Could you not think, think of where we've come that Ty's pushing for Rosalind? Seriously. I mean, he's putting his career in jeopardy to get her into office. I mean, shit. I mean, that's a criminal act. I mean, you're putting your, your life at jeopardy in a sense. Yeah. Like, you could lose your freedom. But I'll, I mean, it's Ty, though. <laughs> I'll take care of it. I'm sorry. I'll take care of it. With this sneaky shit here. Um, the yeah. Zephyr ballots are taken by Dwala. Now, I got to say, this is really funny. And I know this probably wasn't on purpose, but it could have been. Zephyr Hills is a huge water company in Florida. And remember, Florida was the one who fucked up. <laughs> it's true. The it's really watch. funny that they called it the Zephyr ballots. I laughed out loud at that. Then maybe I leave. Zephyr ballots. Yeah. So uh, obviously some corrupt shit's going on in uh, it's just a great sequence. Love this whole thing. But later the newsman is shocked at the results. Yeah, that's right. The, we have a clear winner here. It looks like Rosalind has retained her presidency. Hashtag still champ. Still champ. Still champ. Undefeated. Undefeated. Still, uh, has a stiff clap from her from her uh, staff. Gives her a stiff clapping. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. The newsman wants to double check those numbers. Of course he does, because it's unprecedented. Mm-hmm. And I love Zarek's words of like, I have seen a lot of elections, mostly fair, some rigged, and this, you can tell, is rigged. Does not it doesn't make, make any sense. sense. Show enough, don't. Mm-hmm. Guy says that Rosin isn't corrupt or dishonest. Did you find that interesting? I found it very interesting. And it also makes sense. Like, I I believe that Gaius thinks that about her and can observe that about her. As much as he might be a little bit on the shifty side himself, he knows an honest person in general when he he sees him. But boy, she she truly wasn't honest here. And to be honest, I was shocked when it was revealed that she was knowing in this i thought this was a fully like tory plan tory and ty and that at some point tory was like hey i got a good backup plan should i do it and rosin was just like "Mm, okay and like just didn't want to know the details didn't want to know what that was but no we come to find out that rosin was fully like 
I knew she was going to somehow rig the votes. Mm-hmm. Didn't know how she was going to do it. Didn't know who else was involved, but that the votes were going to be fucking rigged. Yep. That was a shocker for me, man. I did not expect her to go that far. And guys is like, well, I guess we're, I guess our goose is cooked here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're all fully, this is like that, the, the fucking, what is it? I forget his name. Dewey, Dewey, who was running against Truman, how they, they got all the way to the point where even like the New York Times, New York Times had pressed the papers that day that said Dewey beats uh, Truman and Truman's like holding up the papers, even though he became president. Yeah. It's like, ah, fucking celebrating a little too early on the Roslyn camp. I'll tell you what, man. This is pretty massive that Gata is the one to uncover this. Yeah, man. And and uncovers it and immediately brings it to Ty's attention. He's like, I'll handle it. Don't worry about Doesn't it. Doesn't trust I got him, it. though, does he? Goes right to Adama after that. Fucking end oh, around. Yeah. Boom. Oh, yeah. Don't fucking blame him at all. Yeah. Ty being shifty. Dude, what do you think about Ty doing this? That's what I'm saying, man. This is intense. This is something I could see Ty doing. Here's why. Because Ty would fall on his sword for Adama because he knows this is what Adama wants. It's less about Rosalind, more about Adama. Well, and for me, I also, I agree, but I also think that Ty, even more so than Rosalind or really anybody else, has always seen Gaius as a shifty little fuck yep. and never yep. trusted him. That never, too. ever, ever. Not one second. But, but to jeopardize his whole career, I think it's the Adama factor. If Adama was a guy supporter, he wouldn't have done it. Right. He would very much hate it, but he would hate stiff it. upper lip it and Cor- just be like, mm, correct. Just deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. He I might, right. he might that's push the guy out him. the airlock at some point, but. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Bill gets interrupted. I believe Colonel Todd is involved in a conspiracy to rig the election for President Roslin. Yikes. Okay, can I finish my coffee first, Gata? Fuck. Son of a bitch. Guess I'm going to have to tell her. And we get this pretty intense scene. Oh, man. This is so good. Yeah. What the hell are you saying? <laughs> well. But this is where we, we get the reveal from Rosalind that the thing that really pushed her to to being even to the point of rigging it. Uh, well, she that's her. the big reveal here. She's like, no, it's me. Yeah, well, she she both admits that it's her and that it's not any other, it's not anything Gaius has done. It's that I saw him with a Cylon. And she's like, I know it sounds crazy. I know I saw it in my fucking death hallucinations, but I saw him with a Cylon. Don't know how, don't know what, but he is colluding with Cylon somehow. And I just can't let the man become president. And to me, as much as you can, I mean, what she did is uh, on the face of it, legally wise, like disgusting. It's like, holy shit, you're stealing an election. That's like the worst. You're completely destroying the foundations of what you have purported to hold so dear. It's really awful, really gross, very shocking for Rosalind to have done this. But I can still see her being like, in this particular moment, I can't let him have it. That, That this would push her that far. And, you know, and of course, Adama brings up the obvious point of you have no evidence of that. Like, that's something you saw, something you saw in a memory. You have nothing, nothing to prove that. So you can't take it to anybody. Yep. And there is no real proof that he's working with the Cylons, right? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no other proof other than what she has seen. Yeah. You know, which, which is which nothing. Is just hearsay. It's, yeah. But anyway, Rosalind dumps the whole thing on him, a copy of the tall blonde woman, right? Bill asks the obvious questions, why now? Right? She says she saw it when she was dying. Right. 
that this is a recent revelation for him. And Dom says, Dom says, even if it's true, you have no proof, which means he doesn't even concede it's true. Right. Even if even it's if true. That's right. true. Do we steal the results of a democratic election or not? That's the decision. If we do this, we are criminals. Unindicted maybe, but criminals just the same. And um, she says, yes, we are. You won't do it. We've gone this far, but that's it. You try to steal the election and you'll die inside. Likely move the cancer right to your heart. People made their choice. We're going to have to live with it. It's the wrong choice. Yes, it is. It's the wrong choice. and Yes, it is. So they both, they both know what's best for everybody. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, they've seen the empty that's down too. Yeah. All right, Rosen says, so that's it. We just give up just like that. The battle perhaps, but not the war. Boy, oh boy. Good old fucking Adama. He goes to see our boy, Baltar. Talk to me. Tells him about it. Reveals it to him. Why don't you just take your victory and move on? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you'll find I can be magnanimous in victory, and I believe the correct honorific at this time is Mr. President-elect. Set a course for New Caprica. I like it. You're going to be pushed around by these bullies. Ooh, boy. Tensions are high. Yep. So they jump, and they're in orbit around New Caprica. Let's get a look, good look at our new home. God's help us all, Adama says. Boy, oh, boy. And we have this kind of intimate MoMA moment between uh, Six and Gaius. Not, not Prisoner Six, to be clear. Yeah, Prisoner, Pegasus Prisoner Six. Yeah. Who he's gotten holed up and safe. Obviously, we will have the chance to connect. She drops a Even bomb. Not I'm that. not going. We're all going, all of us, every single last one of us. It's our chance to be together, to be together again. No, she says, I can't do this anymore, Guy says. And that's when she says stay, and she unbuttons her top, which, of course, he's going to stay because he's not an idiot. (laughs) And this is cut against him being sworn in, issuing his first executive order. Oh, man. And the score, the soundtrack here while they are having sex, this is what I was talking about as far as, like, from this moment forward, the rest of the episode is this descent into, like, it's it's just going to get darker from here and like the they're in retrospect and i didn't think about it at all during the scene i kept being like what why does it feel like this why is the tone quite like this and god dude once you see her sitting in front of that nuclear bomb then you know why but this weird dark like hopeless gloomy soundtrack to them having sex yeah it's awesome it's awesome brutal because we know Based on his treatment of her, we know he deeply cares for her. Yeah. I mean, right? he's very attached to, to sex, you know. And that particular one in general. That one in particular, yeah. But, um, yeah, she detonates a warhead. Oof. Dude, I couldn't believe it. And for one, fully thought, episode over. That's it. That's the cliffhanger. And then it kept going, Return of the King style. I was like, oh, wait, what? There's more? Holy shit. Oh, like yeah. that felt like a full episode. I thought we were done. Nope. Adama briefed no, the president. Sir. The nuclear device was stolen from your lab. He suggests they focus on internal security. Guy doesn't think so. Our first priority is to the people. See that they're safely established on New Caprica. Once that's accomplished, we can put this tragedy behind us. You're not listening. 
I don't have to listen. I'm the president. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're just the same little cockboy I knew. The settlement begins, and it begins now. And then we get the best transition ever time in TV. I fucking love it. Before before we go to that, <sighs> I want to I want to bring up something. Elzar uh, in the chat brings up a point that Adama just laying down for for Baltar when he, he talked earlier about how much you know we saw all this resistance that Adama put up against Roslyn. Uh, my only point to that, Elzar, is that Roslyn at the time it was. A shaky endeavor having her be the president because she was it was a line of succession that she was brought in. Baltar, near the it was hand, in the infancy of their their ragtag organization organization as well, right? Right. Now they've yeah, they've been established for a year. Like it'd be hard to do a coup at this point. Well, yeah, and also just that like he is a democratically elected president, a popular one. People people voted for him. You can't. Ju- I feel like he's a little more hesitant to push back really hard against him. Yeah, it's easier when no one's like, "Who the fuck is Rosalind?" Exactly. But now it's like the majority is for Gaius. It's 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 a hard. It's hard to. It's hard to uh, lay down military might in that case. You, you lose the half the fleet probably if you do that. And to be honest, like it's one of those things I didn't really think about until this episode, but that like Rosalind truly was no one before she became president. People were literally like, Correct. who the fuck's Rosalind? Who's the world says Secretary of Education? Who's that? Baltar was already a celebrity. He was known. Yep. And now he is a popular, voted for politician that people are like, you know, probably, you know, it's implied at least that they're excited about and they're behind him. There's all this public support for him. It's a lot harder just to go. Fuck you. <laughs> Frack your ass. Like I'm not doing it. Um and I think he does. He tries there. He's like he's saying you're not listening, but Baltar's just like, "Nah, fuck you. Don't have to listen." And Baltar's been waiting to say that for <laughs> since the beginning. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, no. To your point though, amazing transition. Oh my god, <sighs> man. Massive fucking nuclear explosion. We cut to 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 Baltar essentially telling Adama to fuck off, and then that long zoom in on him sitting alone in the president's office, head bowing down, and then we pull out to a year later. God, it's good. His head comes up off the desk. Yeah, it's awesome. I fucking love it. I love it. And it's Gata. Good morning, sir. The union needs their answer. Oh, boy. The union union needs their answer. Hot girl. Yeah, hot girl leaving the quarters. Guys laments about the complainers, the People's Council, the union, the quorum, right? There have been zero tax in the last year, he reminds us. <laughs> but Not what bad. have you done for me lately? Not bad. Tell the union to get off their fat asses and do some work for a change. <laughs> God, that lady's a smoke show. Um, Gator says he will convey the message. He pounds, and then guys pound some pills. And we get this great zoom, another cool transitory shot. We move over to the window and we see the settlement camp, New Caprica, in all its glory. It's amazing, dude. I mean, I never, I, I, I can't talk enough about, I never thought, especially this early in the show, that we're going to see them on a planet. Dude. Civilization beginning it. Like, they're, they're, they're setting it all down. This is a new city. This is people and, and civilians bustling around. Incredible. This isn't some land mission among troops. This is a new world they're building. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole shift in the show. 
I my excitement level for this stuff was so high, dude. When I oh, first yeah. watched this, I was like, "A planet, a resistance? What? Are you kidding? Uh, this is incredible! I can't wait 100%. for this." <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic, man. We it's learn so about orbital good. defense patrol, and in there's amazing shit. By the way, there's amazing shit that happens in this in this two part, which a lot of it we've already talked about. But one thing that is very fascinating is that. They've been on New Caprica longer than they fled the Cylons. Let that sink in for me. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's massive. It's massive. Massive. I mean, that that changes the whole dynamic of all of this. You know, all of the pressured decisions we've seen up to this point. You know, they're they're being, you know, like we were talking about at the top of the show, that they're in pursuit constantly. They're constantly being pursued by the Cylons, and that's informing everything they're doing, everywhere they go, every mission they take. All right, well, how long is that going to take? Are the Cylons going to catch up to us? Is it a Cylon trap? All that's out the window. They've had a year of safety, a year of building up their new world like a whole like the focus of their own focus has completely changed i mean what seeing adama walk through those empty ass halls mm. of the galactica is crazy great like, great establishing shots of the empty bunks the quarters the hallways truly truly and, and just the, the, that shift of priorities like what a good way of representing that of the military has now become secondary has become eh we need you. We need you on patrols. We need you out there on the, the you know, orbiting. But that's it. Like, we don't, mm. you are not the, the, like, guiding star of humanity anymore. Right. You're just not. Like, that's not the priority. Right. We cut to Adama talking to Ty, telling him to go. I feel like I'm abandoning my post. Ty says, time to pack it in, Saul. You know it. More than half the crew is down already. We and can you barely- refuse to grow a sweet, badass stash like me, <laughs> so I can't have you on my ship. That's old school almost, man. Old school. Fucking Miami Miami uh, Vice days. <laughs> we can't put a squadron in the air to train, much less fly a decent cap. Bill refers to the Galactica as a lighthouse. Dude, that's mm. so crazy. Great, great way to describe it. Just one man in the lighthouse. <laughs> we both know that the Cylons could show up. Anything's possible. We have been orbiting New Caprica longer than we were eluding them after the attack. <laughs> and you know, you know, Ty's just like, please don't leave me alone with Ellen. Give me <laughs> something to do. Give me a broom, Bill. I'll do anything. <laughs> Give me a broom and some booze. Well, if she gives you trouble, find a younger one. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, dude, that is the best. That is so good. Because you know that's what she does. <laughs> <laughs> New Caprica, New Caprica City, population just about 40,000. Andrews gets yelled at by mom for playing outside when he's sick. Dude, to see their relationship, I'm like, ah, oh, just only took you guys one year. <laughs> just, <laughs> just one year? Of what? To become nagging harpies for each other. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with your fucking baby relationships. Dad, what are you doing? Oh, get out of God. here. And he's like, ah, whatever, dude's a fucking ball change oh, here. God. <laughs> fucking Johnny Candlelights, your whole life, ladies. This fucking guy over here, you're so full of it. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Hey, no, fuck you. It takes a like, solid three years before that sets in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess he had pneumonia. I guess we're going to learn that every any second here. Caught all the tree standards as well as he can. 
Um, he's young and strong, right? Make him rest up, keep him warm, but luck, he'll make it. Jesus. He'll make it. Kara sees Ty and Ellen. Um, they enter a tent, and we see union leader Tyrrell in Dude. a pregnant Callie by his side. And bearded Tyrrell. Ooh, another notch up on the beef report. Yeah, get up on that beef. Get up oh, on man. that beef. That and fiery and passion speeches about freedom. Freedom. Yeah. Throw your bodies onto the machines. <laughs> What'd you think of all this shit, man? Dude, it it it's almost no joke. It's almost too much. Like, and, and I mean it in a good way. Like, it's fantastic. But I'm like, it's it's the first time I've watched a show in a long time where I felt actually overwhelmed. I was like, I can't believe how much has changed in seconds here. Like, I mean, a year has passed, but in, as a viewer, I'm like, in ten seconds, everything's change their whole dynamic everything everybody even looks different i mean they're on a world now the galactica has oddly become almost irrelevant Mm. in this weird way and and to see chief taking up this new position and taking up this like fiery impassioned union leader thing whereas of course it's against gaius being like a shit president basically i guess (laughs) uh god man it's it's overwhelming. It's the first time this show has overwhelmed me in a while where I'm just like, I, wow, holy shit. I don't even know how to take all this. Um, but it's impressive, man. Yeah, I, man. Did n- I did not think the show was going to do this. Totally took me by surprise. Totally, right? It's amazing. It's fantastic. God, and then, so fun. And then what do you, dude, how awesome is Kara's reaction to seeing Ty? I know. Totally yeah, unexpected, too- right? So happy to see him. So happy to see that remnant of military life that she doesn't even have anymore. Of like, oh my God, you, you guys. I'm so happy. Even Ellen, she hugs Ellen. Right. I was like, wow, her too? Yeah, that's such a telling moment in this show. The, the, the way, the positive response. God, yeah. yeah. So good. Crazy. <laughs> Karis tries to pull get some Polatai and he directs her appropriately says try Pegasus he'll he'll do it for you do it for you they're sitting on meds and then of course to be honest I actually loved seeing Rosalind as a teacher again I'm like she is probably happy finally for the first time in a year like getting to do this like getting to just be a teacher be around kids do this kind of stuff not be the fucking politician that people hate (laughs) just everybody loathing you for everything you do and say sure so, um, Tyrrell, uh, fires off some more. They're yelling strike. We see Rosalind teaching. Um, we see sneaky mommy. You know, it's, it's funny. I want to talk about this whole union. I don't want to go past this union thing just yet <laughs> because it's, it's unlikely that, I mean, this is a union only insofar as Tyrrell has probably rallied people who have been given jobs down there under right. a banner to where he can attempt to fight for them. Right. 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 Which is funny because I'm a very complicated individual because not a socialist. I don't <laughs> love unions, but I do love freedom. And I love the freedom of the people being able to come together and say, no, we're not going to accept this. I totally support that because exactly. they don't have, they, he's calling it, they, they call it a union, but how much government support does it actually have? I think it's. Right. I, I don't even think that's that. That's what it is at all. I think it's more like a. I'm fucking Robin Hood here, 
Exactly. And I'm not yeah. going to let this shit stand. We're going to fight back against the oppression of the government, which is, even though they use the term union, I doubt in a modern sense it has these union laws and protections and all the fucking bullshit built in. Like, yeah, pay me these union dues and look at my giant house. No, this is, it, it is down to the fundamental philosophy of what a union is, of like, we need to be able to, as workers, not oh, be a bunch it, of separate. Oh, what it was, you could say. Right, exactly. Of like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Without the corruption and fucking mafia and all the other lazy shit that you know it could infiltrate, but the basic idea of instead of us being a bunch of individual employees, we need to be able to have some kind of voice to be able to negotiate uh, on terms with you know yeah. the government or whoever else. Like to it's, be able it's to like talk. anything where you go, wow, where we, I am being taken advantage of. You, you, you realize this, right? You have this conclusion. You go, wow, this is these are these these conditions are 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 untenable. This is not going to continue. Don't you think so, Rick? Yeah. How about you, Jenny? Yes. Awesome. Well, fuck this. Let's get together and say no. We're not going to. This isn't going to happen. There's nothing more liberty minded than that, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Everybody you know, coming together. And be like, we this we is what control we it. Demand. We're the fucking people. This is what we there do. You go. You know? That's it. Good old God. I'm so, wow. Wow, Dean. Never thought I'd hear it. What? <laughs> Waving your red flag at the top of the hill. What are you talking about? Lennon behind you. Mark's in front of you. Oh, God. You're so retarded. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'm saying, you idiot. <laughs> you know that, right? I want to make sure you know that point. I do know that. I just okay. like to tickle you. I All like right. to I just want to make you sure make you squirm you're not, a little. You're not, you're not uh, mis- misappropriating what I'm saying here because it might make me want to shoot you in the face with my gun that I own with the Second Amendment. <laughs> Tickling you. Tickle them little feetsies. Make you squirm. No, this is the socialist today. Government, please. <laughs> Fucking pussies. All right. Oh, fuck, that's good. Hey, by the way, in the next scene, doesn't Lee look a little weirdly, like, late <laughs> in his career, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone? Yeah, holy shit. He does. Doesn't he? It's a little <laughs> jarring. Like, when Dude, I first saw him walking down the hall, I was like... Did you look closely at his body? I was like, uh, Sly? Is that you? <laughs> no, but look bit? closely at his body. Is it a little, oh, is it a little chunked? Oh, Yeah. He chunk out. Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. You gotta watch it again. That. Yeah, I, dude. Th- I had the same reaction the first time I saw it. Ah, <laughs> uh, Lee's letting himself go. He don't get to bang Kara. Dude, he looks like a fatso, and poor D has to swallow his pole. <laughs> God, I'm gonna do more setup. She, she, she should join the union of no fat pole swallowing. <laughs> you gotta do this many sit-ups till I swallow a load. Right. Wow. We see... <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> Rosalind's teaching, right? Right where she belongs in a tent full of kids. Get back in there. Talk to the chitlins. Look at that. Right where you belong, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that... um. I'm glad that they forgot everything they preached, which is like, oh, let's bring this girl out of hiding and all hang out together now. I guess. Keep her safe now that Cylon's around. I guess that makes sense, but whatever. Cylon baby's getting older, right? Is that Maya? What's this chick's name? Uh, yes, I think it's Maya. I think you're right. Yeah. If not that, I have no idea. <laughs> all right. Well, outside we see Kara hunting down the med. She fires up a raptor, calms our boy 
Fat boy, which you already pointed out. (laughs) (laughs) Calms him, tries to see if she can't get some Pegasus medication. Yeah, his his uniform's looking real tight. (laughs) Looking a little tight, almost past regulation. Yeah, not fair to Duala, to be honest with you. (laughs) That's right. She she didn't watch her boyfriend die to settle for this shit. Yeah. I think he might die, she says. She's really worried about him. She is. Which explains her behavior earlier, probably. And that's when um, Dual's like, we got something weird going on Dreda's here. I'm not trying to be insensitive here, but holy fuck! (laughs) They found us! Goddamn, dude. A fucking Cylon fleet. Yeah, about six base stars. And it takes them like <laughs> a five minutes to get all uh, decks on condition one. They, yeah, uh, their, their readiness report so low. is garbage. 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 Dude, a fucking Adama makes the ballsiest fucking decision. Nope. We are fucking jumping. We're leaving. We'll yeah. be back, but we are leaving. There's no a chance. It's a, it's a there's loss. There's not a chance. Not a chance. You're fine. You're done. You try mm-hmm. to engage, they cut you to pieces, and that's of course. It. And now their now their actual last defense is gone. Right. So it's kind of brilliant that fuck it, we're gone. We're jumping away to save the best bit of you know de- defense that we've actually got. The best weapons you've got. Save it to where you can come back and use it. Yeah. It's fucking. We cool. cut to awesome. the knocking on our boy's spot here. He's laying around with beautiful women. By the way, you <laughs> think the presidential Gata- harem? Let me ask you this: Do you think Gata gets residual puss? <laughs> he gets trim. He gets the side trim. Do you think he gets residuals? You know, he I must. think Gaius throws it at him, and he's still like, ah, no, because he's all rigid and military. He's like, no, that's not, <laughs> it's not seemly. But Gaius <laughs> is like, come on, it's fine. He's got a sister. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> He gets them fucking presidential residuals, dude. <laughs> we see the uh, raiders streaking overhead, and uh, Rosalind comes out of her tent like she did in Dances with Wolves, like the white men just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's funny. I left my own joke. Anyway, um, Anders is still sickly. Sickly, and old Leoben comes uh, in and takes a look at him. Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. Been a while since you've seen my boy, hasn't it? Huh? Where's Kara Thrace? Ooh. Oh. Um, the second he said that, I was like, oh, God, Kara, hide. Oh, hide. They know your name. They want you so bad. Run. <sighs> Knew right where to find her, too. Exactly. Yeah. Went right to the spot. Right to her fucking hubby. Doral. Boomer and six come strolling into the presidential office. And dude, what a uh, moment when that six sees him. Oh, I know you. I know you very well. Dude. See, dude. now that again throws a kink into the idea of like, wait a minute. There is individuality. There is a separation among even the human uh, copies. It's not like they're all on the same mind. But she already knows it's implied that she knows everything Head Six knows. I know you very well. Mm. Fuck. What does that mean? What? What does it mean? I'm Guy's Baltar. Right? Mm-hmm. 
president of the colonies. Ugh. Dude, it's crazy. And how, do, you know, how did they find us? How did they get here? Oh, well, it wasn't too hard. We were one light year away when we detected a nuclear explosion. That's heartbreaking Oops. for Gaius. Oh, absolutely. That is 100% broken your heart fault. You fucking did that. And like there is even a psychological distance you could have from, you know, when when 6 used him to get into Caprica's mainframe to upload, you know, all this intelligence and allow the sneak attack to happen. He didn't know he was being used in that situation. He can feel guilty about it, but he didn't know he was being used. With that situation, dude, you essentially hand-delivered that nuclear bomb to her. And she used it. And that's what was the siren fucking call for all of the rest of the Cylon fleet. Yep. And he must feel utterly betrayed by her. Utterly betrayed. I mean, good God. And then also, we should mention, too, that the head six, separate from the six that strolls into the room with, you know, Doral and, and Boomer, head six goes, Judgment Day. Oh, so bad, man. So fucking bad. Yikes. I mean, you can tell six is bad. grappling with it, though, right? The six who's yeah. present with him. She does not feel great about it. Yeah, Not feeling great. But she goes ahead and says, Phew. I'm sorry, it's Gaius that goes ahead and says, I, Gaius Baltar, on behalf of the 12 colonies of Cobol, I surrender. Yeah. What else is he going to do? Oh, my God. That's it. I mean, there's nothing else you can do. I mean, we can't can't bust his balls for that one. Your fucking orbital defense just fled. Yeah. For for him surrendering, I don't give him any bones at all. I'm like, dude, there's there's no other option. You have no other options right now. That's it. You surrender, you let them walk through. Dude, seeing the fucking endless stream of toasters just marching through the streets. The fact that they didn't just waste you gives you a reason to surrender, too. And you're like, well, we definitely can't fight right now. God, dude. Yeah. It is so bad. I, ah, what an ending. What a spectacular ending. Spectacular. Holy shit. I can't even believe it, dude. What do you want to do uh, now, By the way, Captain? I'm going to be watching the first episode of season three, like, right after this. Like, this, <laughs> I can't help myself. I'm definitely, definitely watching that shit. Bite them till we can't. Uh, we end on Kara. So good. Fight them until we can't. Damn, dog. Dude, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Wow. Oh, fuck. Wow. I loved it. I loved it. Wow. Well, there we are. Dude, there we are. We are finished with season two. Can you believe it? Whoever thought it would happen? Dude, it took a long time. <laughs> it did. <laughs> a lot longer than our listeners even realize. Yeah, exactly. It took a while. But here we are. But it's good. It's good to be where we're at, watching these, doing them, watching them, doing them. Yeah, man. Um, there is a listener question this week from Daniel Fouch. He says, do you think the Cylons found the colony as they claimed or did Pegasus 6 resurrect? Great did question. Pegasus 6. Oh, oh, I see. And I then see. reveal the location. Reveal it. Mm, that's an interesting one. I that could be a good manipulation tactic by Doral. Right, right, to make him feel that much worse about it. But you would almost, you would almost feel like would Six have reacted in his presence as shakily as she did? It was clear she was affected emotionally. Right. 
like, man, I don't know. God, I don't have an answer to that one. That's a great question. Makes me think. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. It does seem like that is a very typical Cylon psychological attack of, well, here's the, the, the matter of fact is this, but let's go ahead and approach it from this angle to see how that affects the humans. Yeah. To like squeeze a little more out of them. I don't know. Tough call, mate. Tough call. It is. Can't ask you because you fucking know. I ain't going to say a word. <laughs> but um, boy, there's a lot of there. There's a lot we've discussed. I'm, I'm not even sure how you would want to summarize some of your final thoughts other than I will just say, boy, the possibilities that await in this uh, this big shift in this series. Yeah, dude. That's I'm just so excited for the change of setting, of the, the environment, the, the new challenges of all of this. And now that they are all – I mean, for one, I can already imagine – that we're going to get a, a new dynamic, kind of like we had in season one, where there was Cylon-occupied Caprica, and there was the Galactica. Now, we're going to have Cylon-occupied New Caprica and Galactica with the fleet. Um, before they make some kind of return, I suppose, some kind of attack. Uh, but the well, other the, thing I keep... One thinking, thing we do know is the Galactica can't do anything out there. It doesn't have enough people on it. Right, right. Which makes me think, like, what are they going... To, like? They plan on returning, so in doing that, how? Are you going to train more people from the civilian fleet that they have with them? Because there were still a lot of other ships orbiting with them. Sure. Um, so I guess you bring aboard some more people and say, all right, fucking skeleton crew, we got we to gotta train up, get more people, manning all the stations. Shit, maybe? Uh, the, the thing I keep being the most curious about is the Cylon reason for this. Um, Interesting, yeah. Is it truly that they were just like, all right, we're going to pull off and lay in wait, let humanity, you know, start to settle on this planet and get soft and be, you know, get, you know, get back into, I guess, laziness in a way or, you know, inertia. And once they're not paying attention, we fly back in real hard and fast and take them by surprise. Is that it? And now they're going to try and destroy them all or use them as farms, blah, blah, blah. Or is there something else at hand in this whole Cylon invasion? Were they still being honest when they said, we are not looking to do what we were originally doing? We are not looking to destroy all of humanity. Well, well let, me, other- let me ask you this. Yeah. That's a really good observation by you. Let me, let me, let me tip something towards you that's sometimes so obvious that it's easy to miss. Who was missing from this demand for surrender? Well, Adama. How about from Um, the Cylon point of view? From the Cylon point of view. Who wasn't Hmm. there? Who did we see for two episodes? Uh, You mean um, Xena? (laughs) Cavill. Oh, true. That is true. Hmm. We don't see Cavill. We know what Cavill said, and Cavill wasn't there. Uh, That's an interesting point. Something to consider. Right. Right. Well, but the other the side the flip side of that though is that maybe Cavill wasn't there, maybe not everything he said was true, but in in him saying that, yep, somebody you know, the higher ups called it off, we have changed priorities, they did stop the attack. You know, the attack on Caprica when they were, you know, firing at the, the Raptor crews, that did stop. Like hostilities halted. Um mm-hmm. and then he came out and told them this. 
maybe that's again fucking Cylon duplicity and they're just lying and they're fucking this is all a big trap at a game which I'm always worried about <laughs> this fucking there's show there's definitely a lot of that shit going on with these fucks a lot of that shit oh, those tricky fucks but um but I I am interested to see whether there might even be some weird sort of obviously there's going to be some subjugation going on just the sheer numbers and the military force they're bringing in but there might be some like weird need they have of humanity or some weird agreement they want to get out of humanity something like it, it strikes me as something more than we want to occupy you and slowly crush you like that there's something else that i just can't quite piece together yet mm. i don't know man i'm super excited to find out though i'm like jonesing <sighs> for fucking man. season three episode one yeah this next episode i remember it so clearly Ooh, fuck occupation so is the name of it goddamn Damn. Damn. I'm so ready, man. I'm yeah. so ready for this shit. Yeah. Going to be good stuff, man. I'm looking forward to it. Well, there we go. We have finally concluded our second season coverage of Battlestar Galactica. Um, and uh, so we have a, a little plan in place here um, for when we're going to pick things back up again. And uh, we are going to be having a little bit of a hiatus, not super long, um, the reason for that is, is A, we want to, and B, it makes sense because of our scheduling in November. Um, I have a week where, or, or eight or nine days where I'm actually going to be in Florida, and then Matthew's going to be coming to Massachusetts the week after that. So those two weeks are going to be very busy for both of us. So I think we settled on taking off a few weeks here and returning in November Obviously, seventh, I think. We yeah, twenty seventh, which is a Tuesday. Um, so that's the plan to come back at it on the twenty seventh of November with a live recording of season three, episode one, occupation, um, and then getting back to our um, twice a month recording, and uh, you know, mixing that up every once in a while. So um, that's the plan. So thank you, everyone uh, who has been joining us so far. We appreciate the support. We thank you for uh, listening and for spreading the word. And if you haven't, please do. If you have a minute, take uh, take a second to uh, share us. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. And anyone you think might be interested, make them subscribe to it. Um, I have seen people post about us on Reddit boards, which is really cool. I appreciate that. There's a lot of board. I Obviously, we don't want to do that. We can't be running around saying, listen to our shit on Reddit. That's kind of hacky. <laughs> but when we see other people doing it, that's very exciting. Um, which is awesome. So thank you to anyone who is doing things like that. Of course, shouting us out on social media, Twitter, etc. We really appreciate it. And uh, I got to tell you, man, I'm really looking forward to getting into season three, episode one. I remember the day I watched this episode live. Um, not live, but I remember when I watched it for the first time with a bunch of friends around. It was fucking so exciting. And uh, I'm looking forward to reliving that when we get back to it on November 27th. So um, as that will be post Thanksgiving for uh, all of you people in the U S happy Thanksgiving, enjoy it. Happy Halloween, which is tomorrow as of the recording of this, this is what Tuesday, the 30th. Um, you'll be getting this episode on what the fifth, no, the fourth, November 4th. Um, by the time you hear us again, it'll be past Thanksgiving. So enjoy your holidays. Visit us on the web, LibertyStreetGeek.net. All right, Matthew, tell these good people goodbye, and we're out of here. Stay fracky. Stay free. 
Unions. What?